I must admit, I wasn't sure if we could trust you, David. <laughs> but now I see we can. to Australian Survivor Archives, the only podcast going over the complete history of Australian Survivor from Whaler's Way right through to the current day. We are at maybe the most infamous episode in the history of Australian Survivor. No matter what network's version you watch, no matter what network version you remember, we, of course, are covering Season 2, Celebrity Survivor in 2006, Episode 10. It is that episode with that twist that everyone seems to remember about this season. It first aired on the 10th... uh, Sorry, the 19th of October, 2006, and... This is a good one. This is a very interesting one and also a very shit one. There's so many things happening in this episode that I'm so excited to talk about this. My name is Ben and catch a monkey. That's my motto. (laughs) Hey, Ben. Hey, listeners. As you know, my name's Matt Dyson. And Ben, this, you're right, this episode, infamous. I think that's the, the perfect word to describe it. What were they thinking? What was David Mason thinking? Doing a twist in episode 10 where he brings two people back and those two people go on to be the final two. You know, when we interviewed David Mason, as you know, like he, he never thought it was going to happen. He thought they would just come back, get voted out. And it was just a bit of an episode filler, but that didn't happen. And guy goes on to win. So I know you've been waiting for this episode, Ben. There's so much to talk about with it. There's so much. I'm trying to be polite here. Well, Fuck it. There's so much shit I know you want to get off your chest when it comes to this. This Is this the – I know, we've, we've joked about it all season, Dead Man Walking. We've got that twist as well with Zach and Shawnee just randomly turning back up and get given bus. All that – all these weird stuff that happens in modern-day Survivor. But does this take the cake as the worst thing to ever happen to Australian Survivor? Oh, I think the worst thing to happen to Australian Survivor is Ben Wynn. But um, that's uh, – <laughs> Go back to listen to our earlier episodes. Look, it's, it's, yeah, I'd like to get to the bottom of that for this episode because it, it's up there. Like you, you nominate worst twists, worst decisions. It's, this is one of them. Um, and yeah, it's just so hard though when you mention Dead Man Walking. God, you just can't ignore the shitness of that. You can't ignore the Shawnee Zach shitness. Like it's, it's hard. But I mean, this is just, I just can't even put into words this twist and and the it's it's more about the timing of this twist. This twist is mm. fine if you do it halfway through. Yep. 
Yeah. It's just the outcast twist from Pearl Islands, which I personally don't have a big deal with, like some fans do. It's the timing that you have this at the final three in the third last episode. That's the issue with this twist. And it's a shame because this is a great episode of Survivor. This is a fantastic episode of Survivor. This is, I'm going to say it right now, outside of the twist, one of the best episodes of Australian Survivor you will ever see. There's so much going on in this episode, and this is why people love this show. It's the strategy. It's the it's the talk. I mean, if this was a modern-day Survivor episode, instant classic. But it's just the fact that the twist is so bad and so poorly timed. It's just, it takes away so much that you will never vote this episode as the greatest episode of Australian Survivor. So, yeah, I, I still can't give you a solid concrete answer on that, Matt, because it's just, it's it's surrounded by so much good, but it's just so bad. And even the way it's executed, I will say, kind of falls a bit flat. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I've been looking forward to talking about this because this is this season. This is, it's no different to, to last season, how we were, you know, staying for all the goodness and then, you know, staying even further for the Katie goes crazy. This is kind of the moment of this season we've all been waiting for. So there's a lot to digest in this episode, Matt. I, I don't know. How are you feeling about talking about this and being able to kind of get things off your chest about this episode? You're right about the timing of it. Like you, you mentioned Pearl Islands. I, I actually like that outcast cast twist. I mean, I had no problem, but they did it right. I mean, this, obviously it was a new thing at the time, but they did it at the right time. This here, like this season, we start off basically with the random twist of a, a Ben Wynn, uh, the 12th contestant <laughs> coming in after what, on day two or day three, you know, um, which was random in itself. And then he comes and then dis- disappears and no one's ever heard from him since. And then they basically at the end of the season, almost at the end of the season, they bring two people back who have just been, who haven't been out, you know, living off rice and doing it tough. They've been, you know, back in the the resort in Vanuatu, getting on the beers and having steak dinners. So this is what's bizarre. You start off the season with a random twist of the 12th member coming in and then you almost finish it with two people who are well-fed all of a sudden coming back in. That's where the issues are. And, you know, obviously they, you know, David Mason didn't think this was going to happen. He didn't think these two players were going to come back in. Oh, well, going to come back in and then get both of them get to the final two. He may have thought one of them might get back, you know, to the final two, but then the other person would win. But, or at least then the jury has an option. All right. Are they going to pick someone to win who's already been voted out or are they going to pick someone that's you know gone the whole way? But they didn't get that choice in the end. They get two people that had been voted out. This is a season. Everyone gets voted out, Ben. Yeah. Every single person got voted out. I mean, I don't have, we, I think we've said it before. I don't think that's ever happened. Never. Well, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened, ever happened before. So, and hopefully it will never happen again. But um, yeah, I don't know, Ben. Look, it is a, it is a good episode. I, I mean, that's not the problem. There's, there's some, there's some good stuff that happens in it, but it's always, this is the episode that tarnishes this season. And, and yeah, you, know, you can watch it a million times. It's always going to tarnish it. And that's the thing. That's what we've always said with this season. People's viewpoint of this season, it's not real Survivor. This doesn't count. You know, skip over this completely even more so than season one because there are things like this which take away from it. And it's a shame because even when you talk about Guy's win, which we're a couple of weeks away, you know, his legacy is always going to be tarnished by this. And it's not Guy's fault. It's not Guy's fault in the slightest. And Guy plays some of the best gameplay and strategy you will see in this season 
in these final few episodes. I mean, Kai's brilliant in this episode. Justin's brilliant. Like, you can't take away the credit that you've got these two guys that, as David Mason clearly thinks, are going to get voted out straight away. And in all seriousness, should be voted out straight away. It's the logical thing. But somehow they survive, not only this week, but next week, and make it to the final two. Think about the Golden God and Luke in Champions Contenders 2, uh, you know, lauded for being brilliant, for surviving, you know, being outnumbered and making it way the way through they did, and, and rightfully so. This is on another level. I mean, this is right at the pointy end of the game, and they get to the end and somehow win this game. That's one thing that I think kind of it hurts this season as well, that you have such amazing gameplay by these two that is never looked upon favorably because it comes from a fact of, oh, well, they've been eating burgers and steak for the last week, and of course they're going to get an advantage and everything along those lines. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a really, really good episode of Survivor, but it's just so much tainted by this twist. So, yeah, I mean, I just right now, people, please listen to this episode. It's going to be a great episode of Australian Survivor Archives. But if you want extra context and you kind of want to go into a little bit more about this twist and why it happened and everything, David Mason, our very first interview of the season, go back and listen to that because he does go into great detail explaining why this came about, sort of the way it was executed and everything along those lines. And even he sort of said in, in hindsight, probably not the greatest idea. But, I mean, 15 years later, it's easy to say that. But, um, yeah, God, like just... Wow, the the execution of this, it's just, uh, it's insane. The funny thing is, with the new generation watching modern day Survivor now, Channel 10, Australian Survivor, it's, I mean, it's standard now for people to be yeah. voted out and come back into the game. So this isn't new. So they might be listening to this thing and hang on a sec, like that's, that's just Australian Survivor now. There's always a couple of contestants that get a second chance to come back in and, and win, which is fair enough. Who knows it? may happen on this season of Survivor. Um, but uh, but this was different. It happened, you know, a couple of episodes, you know, before the finish. Two of them came back at the same time. Both of them go on to be the final two. That's where it all went wrong. Like, yeah, so when you look at entirety, like, yes, okay, this is modern-day Survivor now. It happens. People get that second chance. There's no – that's always going to happen now. They need that for, to fill enough episodes for their requirement. But – but back then, this was not the way Survivor was, and and they yeah they definitely didn't execute. Look, I, I don't want to keep keep harping on about it. I mean, it, it is obviously the most biggest thing of this season, but but you know I don't know. It, 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 I guess as a result of it happening, some other things happen as a result that that wouldn't have happened, uh, which makes it interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it ruined people's games, didn't it? I think at the end of the day. If Guy and Justin went out fifth and fourth like they were meant to, we would barely even acknowledge it. it it's no different to Pearl Islands. You know, when Burton and Lil come back, I mean, neither of them win. So at the end of the day, you know, people despise that twist so much at the time. But now Pearl Islands is lauded as, you know, an easily a top five season of all time. And people kind of overlook it now. And I'm with you. Like, I, I, I've never disliked the outcast twist. I think it was clever and why not give it a try? you were benefited by the fact that Lil didn't win at the end. So, you know, that works. The issue is here is that not only does Guy win, uh, Justin is the final, like the final two, like the, the two best players of this season uh, do not make it to the end. And and that's not to disrespect Guy's game, but like, again, by default, you can't say Guy is a great winner of Survivor because he had a week out of the game. And I'm sorry, Guy, not no disrespect to your game, but it's just, it's like the Chris Underwood argument. You know, it's it's not Chris Underwood's fault. It's, it's the game and he played it to the rules that were given to him. Absolutely fantastic by, 
by default, Chris Underwood is the worst winner of Survivor because he didn't play the full game. So it, it, it comes from that aspect of it. If, if Guy didn't win, Justin didn't make it to the end, or even if one of them made it to the end and they just got whitewashed in the end, we'd look. people would look at this completely different. If Imogen or David had won this season, like one of them probably should have, this season I think is accepted a lot more than it ever was. The thing is, though, if they would have just come back in and been voted out straight away, it would have been a boring couple of few episodes because yeah, you got to remember it's, it, it, these episodes were once a week. It's not like now you get three or four episodes a week, so you can have a couple of not so great episodes, and you've, it's kind of forgotten because you've you, you know you've shoved four or five hours worth of Survivor down your throat in one week. This was you know one hour a week. So if, if you get them back in and then the next two weeks, you've just got to see these these two people get voted out again. It's not really a great hyped up finish to the season. It's Whaler's either, Way. So. Just to interrupt, well, it's a yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's what people hate about Whaler's Way. And that's what, because again, it's predictable. Um, maybe if it's modern day Survivor, they come back in with an immunity necklace or they've got, you know, an idol for one episode or something like that that can save them, you know, because, uh, you know, that's what they used to do, wasn't it, with Redemption Island? I think from memory they even did that with the Outcast twist, didn't they? That Lil and Burton were safe at least for that first tribal council to mm. save them. So, yeah, you would do it differently and you're right like and that's what david was afraid of david mason was afraid of that that is what would happen it, they should have done it early it should have been yeah 100%. it should have been probably what went when amber was there the merge yes just, just before it so like yeah you've got um you know wayne gardner amber so around that period where you have yeah maybe three get voted off bang and then just before merge yeah you 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 get them because Redemption back in, Island, or... right? You would you would get somebody from Redemption Island come back generally just before the merge, and then you would do one like late in the game as well. So, you know, it's 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 kind of one of these weird things where again, it's like David Mason thought outside the square. He had kind of you know carte blanche to do what he wanted with these rules, and it, to me, it's like the Last Jedi, right? Do I like the Last Jedi? No, it's a shit film. Do I dislike Ryan Johnson for trying something new? No. He attempted something outside the box and tried to do something different to the cookie-cutter format that we got in The Force Awakens. Bear with me if you're not a Star Wars fan. So, like, I don't like the finished product of The Last Jedi and particularly then The Rise of Skywalker, but they tried something different and ultimately failed. David Mason tried something different and it ultimately failed. You can't fault the guy for thinking a little bit differently. Again, he admits now... Yeah, probably not the best idea, but at the time, why not? It's like the day Ben Waterworth decided to get into radio and podcasting. Why not? Let's give it a crack. Something different. Clearly hasn't worked out for the world, and it's a bad choice. But hey, people are listening to this right now, so maybe you got to think about your own choices. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just laughing to myself. Imagine if they did do it earlier, and here they are trying to tell Amber, "Look, Amber, we need you to go back out." to the island and actually have a chance to go back in. And here she is, you know, hanging out with Dicko, hanging <laughs> turds in Dicko's toilet. She, I, you know, from our first interview we did on the Oz Network, she talked about she stayed on and she ended up getting in a relationship with a crew member. So she was on the island afterwards partying for, for quite some time. So could you imagine them then all of a sudden say, hey, Amber, we need you to go back out and live in the bloody, live out in the beach. Again. She would have said, fuck no. Which is why, as David explained, like if this was a non-celebrity season, you could isolate them. You could say, hey, guess what? You've got a chance to come back in the game. So we're going to keep you over there. We're going to give you a small amount of rice. 
blah, 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 blah. Let's do it that way. Again, because this is a celebrity season and they're probably already complaining enough out there, you're not going to turn around to them as they're voted out and go, hey, so you would have, like, I mean, Guy Leach would have, absolutely, but Gab's not going to. I'm sure Elton's not. Uh, Justin, who knows? Uh, depends on the day. But, like, that's the, that's the issue with it being a celebrity season is you can't sort of dangle it in front of these eyes and say, you've got a chance to get back in the game. They, they, they want to kind of go back to their resorts and do all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, Amber, God, no, she would have straight... I think she said that, didn't she, that she would have in her heartbeat said no. Uh, yeah. Kim Johnson's Gosh. not going to do it. Um, you know, Fiona, maybe. Ben, who who knows? Who cares? Uh, Wayne probably would have done it. Um, but, yeah. They should have just brought back Ben Wynn, honestly. <laughs> they, they, You know what? They should have just done it, just... Just to, to, to just as a bit of a bit of a mind fuck, like just all of a sudden in episode ten, Ben Wynn just turns up. Everyone's going, "Oh fuck off!" Not him. Oh, I'm very excited to get back into the game. It's like, oh god, here we go again. Here he is. <laughs> just- oh, imagine that! Imagine that! And then Ben Wynn's sitting in the final two. Oh god, that would be the worst final tribal council ever. Yeah, I really think I should win the game. I- Played pretty well, and I think people like me. He's like, shut up! No one's voting for you. <laughs> just, just go away. <laughs> go back re- and find some roots. <laughs> do, do you reckon? Do you reckon that uh, they had an unlimited bar tab back, like Guy and, and Elton and oh, all God, that? Yeah. When it, when, yeah. yeah, they. I mean, being celebrities, they would they would have had an Him unlimited. Him and Elton um, were. Yeah. Steak dinners, drink. I'm pretty sure I remember when I listened to his interview with the Golden God that he talked about it. That it was sort of uh, what they were up to, and I'm pretty sure from memory as well. That I mean, he had no clue until like a day or two beforehand when they told him. So, um, yeah, again, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of that. Obviously, with, with Guy in a few but weeks, see, but this is this is the thing, right? So he spent time with Gabby, with Elton, like outside of the game in the hotel, getting to know each other on you know without cameras around and all that. They ended up voting for him to win. I know, I know, just but but what he was out of the game. Guy was out of the game six days. Justin was only a few days. So that's a big advantage for Guy too. That he's hanging out in a casual environment with people that end up voting for him to win. I mean, that's yeah. not a part of the game. You and know, like going out, getting on the piss, isn't a part of Survivor. And that's, again, the layers of issues with this. And, again, we, we, I mean, we're really jumping ahead here now to the twist. We obviously haven't even started the episode yet. But, like, I mean, with the Outcast twist, again, from memory, they sequestered them. They gave them rice, like, you know, limited conditions. Obviously, Redemption Island, you know, uh, uh, what's it, Bloody Edge of Extinction. They've all got sort of limited conditions. We, we, we see that. But, again, yeah, that's like when Guy Leach says in that confessional, you know, oh, you know, people think we've got an advantage, you know, whatever, the strategy. Like, okay, he's got a point. But at the same time, too, like, you've also, like, you've been strategizing, as you say. You, you you know, like, him and Justin were never really close at all before being voted out. Now they've come back in with this thing. I mean, Imogen talked about in her Hall of Fame interview that kind of she felt that was unfair that they sort of came in and were able to make these deals, which, I mean, it's true. So, yeah, Guy's got a slight point, but at the same time, like, Guy Leach just came in firing. Again, in his Hall of Fame interview with me, he talked about how he just came in, you know, balls to the wall. Like, we didn't see this gameplay from him early on. He got nothing to lose, and he executes it perfectly. So, yeah, God, the, the layers and the, the the multifaceted angles to this, which are just so crazy. And, it's again, it's 
It's a shame that this is what this season is known for. And I, I, I'm not going to defend it. Again, I'm not defending it. I, I hopefully will give you an answer by the end of this episode if it's the worst twist in the history of Australian Survivor. But it's just, it's a shame because up until now, we've had a lot of fun covering this season. We're defending the season. We're doing what we did in season one, you know, creating, you know, a moment in time when people can talk about this season for the first time and kind of reflect on its legacy and its impact. Because again, as I've constantly said, it's a bridging gap between old and new school. And this episode is very new school survivor. But it's just, it's tainted by the fact that this twist is garbage. <laughs> like, it's just, it's it's put at the at the wrong part of the season. So you can't, there's no other way about it, Matt, that you can even remotely defend this twist. Well, I reckon the only way we're going to defend it if we get into this episode and start talking about it, it's probably the only, only hope... Uh, that we can we can sort of do to, uh, to to start talking about and defending it. I love the start to this episode. Now you would have heard, or listeners, you would have heard a, a, a tune, a whistle tune at the start of this episode. Uh, the tune is when Johnny comes marching home. It's a it's an old American Civil War tune. Song. Isn't it the same? Is, is that not the same as the Saints go marching in? Or is it, uh, it, it... no? Nah, the songs when when Johnny comes marching home, I know it as the ants. Being being a new father of of two of twin girls, uh, there's oh the ants go marching, sorry, not the Saints. Yeah, 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 no, that's the ants go marching yeah, on. But yeah, yeah. the actual yeah. tune itself is when Johnny comes marching home. It's an old American Civil War tune. Now at the start of this episode, episode ten, you actually they're coming back from Tribal Council, and you you hear it getting whistled in the background. And it's actually. Um, I thought it was was David Oldfield. I messaged him during the week and said, "Hey, David, uh, was that you whistling that tune?" Well, it started a whole then conversation. I've been chatting to him all week about it. It turns out our good man, our good friend, the puppet master. I love how in this episode too, there's a lot of re- references to him being the puppet master, which he is. Let's be honest. Uh, it turns out the old puppet master, David Oldfield, uh, is quite the whistler. So yeah. he actually sent he actually whistled that tune for me again, and uh, he he sent it to me, and that's what an we original used. David Oldfield at the beginning. That wasn't from yeah, the episode. That was yeah, an original David Oldfield. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. That's actually David Oldfield whistling that tune for us. He, I told him we we're going to put it at the start of the episode, so he's more than happy to do that. And yeah, it turns out that that's another one of his talents that he's actually. Um, really good at whistling. He sent me just a couple of other ones too of him uh, whistling songs, uh, well-known songs and stuff. So, yeah, no, we thought that was uh, pretty funny to to add to the start of this episode. But, yeah, so you see that. The first shot is we see of um, them returning from Tribal Council and 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 David uh, Oldfield uh, whistling that tune. And and uh, the girls are grateful that David stuck by him. So what do you think about this? Because it totally changes by the end of this episode. Look, this is a thing that adds to the layers of genius about David Oldfield. I'm always a fan of the player that can manipulate the production of a show. That's why I love Danny Boatwright. You know, people talk down her win because she was quiet and didn't say anything. I'm the complete opposite. She she won because she was able to manipulate the production of the show and keep quiet deliberately and use that to advantage to win the game. That's brilliant. It's so brilliant. David Oldfield basically does a very similar thing here. He's worked out, logically that there is going to be something happening here. So as we talked about on our last episode, David not voting out Imogen and Nicole was a long-term plan because he could tell that something was going down. So he kept them all around for his benefit. And he says it here at the beginning that like, look, something is happening. There's 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 three people left with you know more days. So there's got to be some sort of twist. So that's why I kept them around. I needed them to form an alliance with them. And you've got... 
Imogen basically here, you know, saying like, yeah, like, yeah, like, thank you so much. Like we, we appreciate it. So like, again, it's, it's a genius move by David. Genius, genius. I mean, ultimately you, in hindsight, you're going to argue, well, was it really? Because ultimately they ended up being his downfall. But I think like, let's play this out. Let's say that Nicole or Imogen had gone home last night and Gabby stuck around and then Justin and Guy comes in. Well, he's even more fucked because Gabby's going to go straight back to Justin. And then you've automatically got uh, Guy there. So he's he's kind of fucked either way, really. Um, so, yeah, I love it. I love the fact that David's made that. I love the fact that he's worked this out. I kind of like how then the emphasis here is the fact that everyone's exhausted, uh, which kind of then plays into the fact where you're about to get these people brought back into the game who were eating steak dinners and getting pissed on the bar tab. So, um, yeah, I, I like the opening to this episode. Um, I do like the line there. I think it's David when he says something along the lines, I've got two people in a threesome with me that completely trust me. I, I felt like saying, well, it's going to be the worst threesome you've ever had, David, in your life by the end of this episode. Not to say that you, you've you had, I mean, I'm sure you are. You're David uh, Alford. Of course, you have plenty of threesomes. So, the, uh, yeah, I, I, I just wasn't expecting the devil's three-way. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> that you don't look them in the eye during a devil's three-way, right? Like yeah, it's, you, it's you want to stay code. You, you definitely don't want to brag about the devil's three-way. But uh, I t- look, you say genius, and we know David Oldfield is a genius. I mean, he is. He's one of the best players to ever play this game. But in all respect to him, though, I mean, it wasn't that hard to work out. It is – they're coming back from tribal on night 19. There's only three of the bastards left. You know, there's only three people left in this game. It's a 25-day game. What, is, what were they play- – like – and that's where I don't understand why they left it so long. It's not really a, a twist or, I mean, it's, it's certainly not a surprise from production to say, hey, we're bringing people back. There's, there's, there's six days left in this game and there's only mm. three of them on the island. You know, like, what were they doing? Just going to hang out for, you know, hang out for the next couple, four days and then one of them gets voted out and then there's two of them? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, obviously. I get it. it. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I, get, I get what you're saying. Like, you're right. Like, it's not that hard to work it out, but going back to your point about how Australian Survivor is now, I mean, you don't know. They might just have, like, a non-elimination, just have an extra episode. Like, I mean, God, how many episodes do we get now in Channel 10? We're like, there's, what, three or four episodes a season when no one goes home. So, like, this could have been David Mason's forward thinking, like, let's have a non-elimination episode but, and just have them have, you know, extra rewards and things like that. So, yeah, well, I, I don't disagree with you, but you, you never, like, it's still a risk to kind of put all your eggs in a basket to assume that all of a sudden, uh, you know, I'm keeping him for this, uh, for the fact that they could become useful. Because it could have been any twist there to the last them an extra couple of days. Well, there's that many days left in this game that in David's confessional here, he actually thinks there's a possibility they might get some intruders or newcomers. That's what he said. So well, that's he's it. thinking he's thinking that there even could be some new players coming in. So that's ben how Wynn many Jr. days left. <laughs> I'm telling you, Ben, if they would have brought back Ben Wynn at this stage, you know what? This could have go down as the best season of well, all time. Here's a thing for you. Why not bring Ben Wynn in now in general? Don't bring him in at the beginning of the game. Bring him in now. Like, you know, yeah. like you've got to test yourself against a, you know, a former commando and blah, 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 like to show your mental toughness here. And they're like, I mean, you, you mentioned the word intruder. I mean, Big Brother was renowned for intruders kind of at any point in the game. So kind of it's all, you know, David's probably a Big Brother fan. He probably sits around there and watches it with old Crumpy or whatever her name is. So, like, you know, like he's... um <laughs> Crumpy, he's, scrimp- swimmy, scrimpy, swimmy, scrumpy, swimmy, 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 <laughs> Ah, oh, so, Samsonite. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. Like I just, I just love the fact that he's able to do that. But the thing that I also love here, before we get to sort of, um, it's not really the reward challenge. I guess it's the the return of the players. Is I do love it when you when you got David here and Imogen. They're both like, oh, I've lost like five or six kilos. Like 
I don't doubt they lost five or six kilos, but as someone who's been big most of my life, I'd like to say, well, where the fuck are you losing that weight from? Like, there's, there's nothing on you in the first place. Like, where's, where are you losing five, six kilos? What is um, Nicole called Imogen here? Like, oh, twig, you're just twig, a little twig, Immy twig girl yeah, or something. Twig girl, like little Immy. Yeah. Uh, Which so yeah, is so this cute. is we're on we're on day twenty here, and we we've, we've got a good confessional from David. This is this is what I love about David. We yeah you know, we we've talked him up all season. His mind's always on the game. He's always thinking. He has this great confessional here where he says he he hasn't treated the girls with ruthlessness, and normal decent human beings find it very hard to return kindness with ruthless ruthlessness. Yeah, and it's so true. You know and. I love that he's pointing that out, you know, like he's, he's saying, well, yeah, he's done a good deed by them. So he doesn't expect that they're going to turn around and, 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 and it's going to bite him in the ass. So it ends up, it does. So he was wrong. Which is, but, it's fascinating, isn't it? That the politician is the one that puts his trust into people. Like it's kind of like, cause that you get this from Imogen here where she's like, wasn't sure if we could trust you. And then sort of she mentions that David's always one step ahead of the game. So, like, clearly that's going to be the kicker here of why they vote David out. But, like, as a politician, I can imagine that you should be a little bit more. And, like, David says it. Like, he says, like, oh, I don't know who to trust. But he ultimately puts his blind faith in Imogen and that, which is fair enough. Like, I can't fault him for that. I probably would have done exactly the same. But it's just, it's it's fascinating that, like, of all the people to kind of get this happen to them, it's a politician. Yeah, look, you're right. It, it is very surprising. But I think we've learned that David's he's a good bloke. Like oh, David's yeah. a, David's the sort of guy where if he ever wants to, you know, if he's ever in Brisbane and says, hey, I want to go get a bar tab and go get on the piss, I'll be there. I yeah. would love to sit down and chat with David Oldfield, you know? like Protein, Matt. He brings back protein again. It's been a while since I've heard David Oldfield <laughs> talk about protein, but protein's back in this episode. He could cook me a risotto. Yep. Some zesty, some zesty bloody bits and this mango yeah. mush that's there. And then he's, he's yeah. yelling at the girls. I'm going to get annoyed if this gets cold girls. Like, come on, <laughs> break, hurry up. Um, but yeah, we move in. I mean, again, no tree mail for Matt. I'm sorry, Matt. You, you, I think you've lost your tree mail. Uh, hey, don't worry on. about, no, there's no tree mail, but I'm going to replace the story? it with, Yes, I'm going to replace. Oh. You know, you know, it was coming. I, thought, I was I, hoping I, you were, I'm watching it yeah. going like, Matt's going to write this down. And yes. I'm like, okay. There's, I like it when I don't have to do much work when I'm writing notes. But we're here at uh, the, I don't know, the, the the twist, the twist challenge. We're at the Banyan Tree. Now, I've got uh, David Mason's notes up for this episode. I've tracked them down. And a uh, nice little story around this. He says that the Banyan Tree is an amazing place and is actually due to be listed as a World Heritage Site. Given it's been 15 years since this film, I'm assuming it is now a World Heritage Site. The tree is believed to be over a 1,000 years old. And we were very lucky to be able to film there because the French survivor had filmed there eight weeks before and apparently damaged the tree. They'd sawn off a part of the branch so they could fit part of their set in naughty, naughty French. So um, nice little tidbit there. But uh, I mean, look, I'm going to say right now for Dico Thug Life, there's there's a few. There's a few. And I like this kind of his welcome to the banyan tree. Like I just kind of like the way he sort of says that. But this is a great setting. I love this tree. Oh, it's a great tree. Who, which was that? A French survivor, was it, or what? Yeah, it says here, especially because the French survivor had filmed there eight weeks before this, and they so cut the tree. What muppets? They, yeah, exactly. So, um, 
Let's be honest, they're used to running away, so they'll do something and run away from it. But um, I love this. I just love this tree. It's, it's gorgeous. I love this setting. It's amazing. It just sucks that this is where the twist happens, Matt. <laughs> yeah, true. Do you like... Okay, so they, they have a memory test. So we've seen this in Survivor in the past. A story gets told. This is this is old school Survivor. We've seen it, um, you know, in a lot of older Survivors. They do the, the long story and then you've got to pick bits out when they ask you questions and you've got to, you've got to try to remember it. I like this. I'm still a big fan. I've always wondered, whatever happens if everyone gets them right? There's only so many questions you can ask in the story. Do they just tell another story? Do they do they think shit and have to go find another tree and then tell a story about that tree? Or why are you know. asking that question, Matt? Did you not watch Whaler's Way and saw how that happened at the end? They just got one well, tiebreaker question ready to go. <laughs> um, yeah, I look, true. I've got a I've got a slight complaint though about this in a moment. But one thing before we get to it, I want I'm looking forward to you giving your best dicko reading the story. I do love like as much as I hate this and I hate this twist and all that sort of stuff. I do love the dramatic nature. I love Dicko. The past has come back to haunt you. And then they come in and they sort of, you know, stare him down. And you look at David. David's kind of got this, like, look on his face. And then all of them are kind of got this look on his face. And then I love how they cut to the confessionals. Like, I'm not usually a fan of cutting to confessionals in the middle of a challenge or something like that. It just kind of takes you away from it. But I actually really like this, that, you know, David sort of got a confessional and he's just basically saying, like, yeah, I predicted this. Uh, but then Imogen's confessional, you know, this is the way it's got to be, then bring it on. Like, it's like, yeah, Imogen, you say that. Like, you go, girl. Like, I just, I actually really, really like that. So, yeah, but no, I'm, I like these. I like these memory challenges. I kind of, you know, the, the way I like them is... I want Blair Witch Project Borneo. I want them to tell. I want them to tell a story, and they've got to run through the jungle to different stations. And just, I want a Rudy moment where Rudy just, I don't know, and then just keeps like you know picking up a thing and going around that. Like that's where it's entertaining. But still, this is fun. Like you're going to read this for me right now, Matt. But like, God, Dicko. I mean, I didn't see him looking at any notes. Like this guy, like Jesus, he should be an actor. He can remember scripts. Well, Lincoln House bloody remembered his True. his opening. Um, yeah, I don't see Jay Wall. For- well, I was about to say I don't see JLP doing this, but he's an actor, so he probably could do this. You know, he could shit over both Dicko and and Lincoln. So you know, come on, JLP, show your acting skills. I, I just wish Dicko was was reading this story out in his pirate suit from uh, that <laughs> golf, that holy moly. But uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to read the okay. story. Okay, so well, there was no tree mail, so I thought, bugger it, I'm going to. I've got to hear my voice somehow, so I'm going to read this story out. So back in the 1200s, Chief Romata conquered this land. His first goal was to bring peace by uniting all tribes, and he accomplished that. Fifteen years later, Ramata was murdered, not by an enemy or a rival tribe, but by his very own brother. The locals were so afraid of, of his spirit, they took him off to a remote island. There he was buried with his uh, 18 assistants, uh, sorry, 18 assistant chiefs, all of their wives and all of Ramata wife, Ramata's wives. Jeez, he must have must have been a lot of wives going on back there. Okay. <laughs> Before the men were buried alive, they were given a strong brew of kava to make them relax. The women, however, they were not given kava. They were brutally strangled to death before being buried. Oh, that's a very nice story. Uh, nice. It's oh, tell it nice, to your, tell nice it to your daughters, Matt. I want that yeah, bedtime that's a, story. <laughs> a nice bedtime story, a nice ending there. The uh, the women were brutally strangled to death. Okay, nice try. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's a, it's it's not that a long story. Like, I would, I would almost back myself to hear that once and say, you know what, I could answer pretty much, pretty confidently I'd get the questions right. 
um, they're not. It's not too hard. So I mean, it could have gone wrong for him. It didn't. Uh, what? Okay. What do you think? So Gabby and Justin actually get it wrong, and then they had a they have a playoff. Do you think? I mean, it, obviously that's my issue. They, that's my. Was, they should I both be a, done. Yeah, they I should had be a feeling. Both be gone. Yep. So I had a feeling. I was actually going to ask you before I read it. I was going to say, is the issue you have the fact that Justin got a second chance after he got 100%. one wrong? The 100%. only problem is then you wouldn't have got a chance to see the the mirror challenge. Um, Look, yeah, and I think that's that's probably the way I see it. That's the only reason why they did it because they've they've gone. The production crew have put together a cool looking challenge. I mean, it's, it is cool. Like the production value, that's pretty awesome what they've done with that. So that to me is a case of okay, well, we need to put this good to use. But, I mean, having said that, just make that the immunity challenge or just make that the next reward challenge. Like, I, I don't know. Like, this is an issue. This They should both be gone. And, like, it's okay. not to take away from, from the, the epic ending we've got. But, like, I feel like if we get Elton on the show, I'm going to be like, well, like, are you pissed off at that? Because, like, you – the rules specifically state – that if you get it wrong, you're out. Having said that, on the flip side, yeah, if all four of them got it wrong, well, then you would argue all of them are gone, then have a tiebreaker. But, like, you, you, you've solved it right there. Two people got it right, two people got it wrong. Guy and Elton should be back in. Justin and Gabby should be out. Okay, but do you have a problem with... Here they've they've come out, they're at, they're at this bloody big tree, they read this story about women getting strangled and people getting buried alive, and, and the next second they ask one question, it's all over. Like... That's yeah. not really great. I mean, that, it's Another not great issue. TV. Yeah. It's not yeah. great well, TV. Well, that's it. That's that's the other issue. I mean, look, let's be honest. If, if Going back to your point about if they keep getting it right, if, say, this went on for five questions and all of a sudden the sixth question, two people go wrong, maybe it's different. Maybe they go, okay, fine, you're out. But, again, that's probably another layer why they don't just eliminate them straight away is because, again, yeah, like, first question, you're done. Like, I mean, they've built this up. Here we go. Oh, the game is – the pass has come back to haunt you and then – it's over and done with in like three seconds. Like, do you, you know. do you reckon David Mason was sitting there like, oh, are you like, are you yeah, serious? Probably. Like, yeah, honestly, he's probably thinking like, and Gabby probably threw it because she didn't want to go. I think Gabby in. threw it. I was going to ask you that because like the question that she got wrong, like the, the particularly the second one when she got the whole the women getting strangled one wrong, like that's the one you take away from that. Like, and, and as a woman, like you're going to hear that and go, fuck, like Jesus, what a bunch of pricks. Like, I I swear, Gabby threw that. I agree. I I'm, wouldn't be surprised if she did deliberately through it. I think uh, you couldn't be that bad at listening to stories and remembering what they say. It's not a long story. It's really no. not a long story. Yeah. And you're right. She, yeah. The, the 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 second one she got wrong. How could she not know? That? Anyway, she she didn't want. Let's let's cut the shit. She didn't want to go back in then. No, exactly. And like also like yes. it comes to that point, she's probably helping Justin because like she's like if she's in a tie maybe yeah. with Elton or Guy, yeah, yeah, true. then maybe she does because she's going to help well, Justin because you I know that extra think, number. I didn't even yeah, I didn't even think of that. But you're 100 percent right. She's up against Justin. Yeah, she, she could have ended up getting it right. He gets it wrong, and then he's definitely out. Yeah, so you, you're probably 100 percent right there. I do I like I do like the mirror. The mirror game's cool. Like they've got to what remember sort of the dots and kind of do it there. The thing that's kind of weird to the like look though is because they they do it like Dicko shows it and then they're obviously kind of it's a mirror right so you know they got to show it but like I swear like was Elton's not right like as Elton's okay. kind of was like mirrored yeah. and I was like Elton's is okay. right why is he out. Uh- I'm glad you're not the only one that was confused. I rewatched it about five times trying to get my head around trying to get my head around it, why Elton lost something. And I thought Elton was the only one. But no, I think after after I watched it enough times, it's got to be a mirror image. And, yeah, he was wrong because it's a mirror. Because he did it 
it's like a mir- looking he, he, at you without mirroring yes, it. Yes, yeah. exactly. But it's got to be a mirror image, so it's it's different. It's yeah. So that makes sense. And that's where like, that's where yeah. I got confused. It took me five times of rewinding it to go back and like, ah, oh, actually no, because I was like, Elton actually won that, but no, when it, it's the mirror image, so it's different. It's actually different to what Dicko's is. I'd love to ask, and again. I don't know if you already knew who came back in or like, let, let put yourself in the day one viewer. Didn't know how this turns out. Who would have you wanted to come back into the game? Look, to be honest, it, I mean, probably the two that got back in Justin and guy, I think I've, I've become a real Justin fan. I think during this, this, this watch of this season, you know, this is the second, second time I've, I've watched this season. Obviously, I mean, obviously, Gabby was was great to look at. I mean, you know, but Elton, like, El- we've had fun talking about El- Elton this year, but uh, I-, I still think Guy and 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 Justin are probably the, out of the four are, are the best two. I can't disagree with that. I think you're right. But the one I would say is I actually would have liked to see Elton and Guy come back in because imagine if Elton and Guy come back in, two former pretty close alliance members with David. You know, like, yeah. uh, does that then change David to go back to a boys' alliance, and then kind of how does that work out? Because I, like, there's one big strategic blunder I think is in this episode when it comes to the boys, and we'll get to that. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't affect Guy and and Justin, but it's something that I think could have saved David. But um, yeah, like that would have been interesting if Elton had come back in, uh, just kind of with that original trio, because you you then have got obviously this unbreakable alliance between Nicole and Imogen. But then if you add sort of, uh, you know, Elton, Guy and David back to the mix, what, what, what's David going to do then? Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, if Elton came back in, him and him and David, you'd have to think would have, would have teamed back up. I mean, they were tight through the whole, through the whole season. And, and there was times we, well, you heard David say throughout the season that, that uh, they had full trust in each other. Yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't. And Elton, he, he was very it. close yeah. with Elton. Yeah. Yeah. And that he would not vote for Elton. So. Um, Which we can ask him. Yeah. I think we definitely need to ask him that question next week. He's like, like, hey, like, had Elton and Guy come back in, does that sway you? Do you, do you kind of, you know, or is your word your bond? Like, is that kind of, you, you've sworn this to me and, and, and Nicole. So, you know, times change. What I like here, obviously, so obviously we get the two coming back in and, and, and they we, we see him back at camp. David's got a confessional here and he's straight onto it. He's saying Gabby would have been the better option, you know, to come in, like him and, and Le- uh, her and Leachy, you know, because they're 20 days depleted. He says, like, they're 20-day depleted survivors now going up against one of Australia's greatest all-time athletes who's now fresh, line. ready to go and a few days before we finish. So he's saying, yeah, so rather than Leachy, you know, one of Australia's greatest athletes, that it would have been much better for Gabby to come back in because, you know, which is a great point. And he's right because guy goes on to win. So he's, he's spot on there. But uh, that that's where I and, and guess, I don't want to keep going on about it, but that's the hard part. Leachy, one of, one of, he is one of Australia's greatest athletes, especially back then. Um you know, six days of, of, of eating steak, uh, you know, with Elton and, and, and relaxing in a nice bed, you know, up against David, who's, who's 20 days into this game. So, yeah, it's hard, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we can't change it now. But uh, I do like this too. Dustin wants to know who's been uh, keeping the fire going and David uh, <laughs> David yells out, the fire king is back in the house. Yes, yes. I, I Like the one thing I'll say 
that I'm glad they don't do is they, they don't do what they do on um, bloody South Pacific. It's like, oh, Aussie's back in the game. Let's make everything a swimming challenge. Like, it's kind of mm. like they could have easily just gone, boom, everything's sort of Iron Man related because we want Guy to win. You know, we'll obviously get to the immunity challenge. So I like that fact. But, yeah, I, I love kind of these lines and I kind of like sort of, you know, Imogen sort of, because this is a thing too which I think is maybe a bit underplayed is the fact that, yeah, like, when Justin got voted out, it was kind of like, you know, pistols at dawn, like everyone was against him and, you know, there was all this controversy. We talked about that and then kind of sort of like Imogen's a bit like, Justin, and then we kind of get a great little moment between the two of them where, you know, Imogen's kind of trying to suck up to him and I love that line from Justin. He's like, well, I can't 100% believe you now. But then all of a sudden it's like, next minute, they're fine. Like it's kind of, it's, it's a bit weird. But can I just quickly ask a question with Justin? Um, he, um... I don't know if he just likes his baseball caps or he's a bit of a, a fence sitter when it comes to choosing what teams he wants to support in the MLB because he was wearing a Yankees hat during the first uh, half of this season. Now he's wearing a Dodgers cap. So, I mean, look, I can't talk. I support two teams in the NHL and the NBA. I get it. But I don't know. Like, this is this, is this weird that this is my number one question I want to ask Justin Milvey? Are you a Dodgers or a Yankees fan, Justin? Make your mind up. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, the top that guy is wearing he wasn't wearing that no for his first no that's all new clothes so they're not yep. they're not even making wear the, the, the same clothes that they were wearing before they basically got a whole new wardrobe so well justin's got his weird norway jumper on but like it's just it's kind of like the caps like the cap is kind of like i mean we all know boston rob from the boston hat we know david in this season from the cardinals like you kind of it's a staple like t-bird had the the atlanta braves cap like you kind of you associate it with sort of like a, a player but it's just it's odd, like that. That Melvy's got, you know, Melvy. I'm, I'm, I'm turning into like props now. I'm calling by his last name, but it's, uh, yeah, Yankees and then a Dodgers cap. Like I don't know why I noticed that. <laughs> He's probably never watched a game in his life. He's probably like baseball. But... I thought this was a basketball hat. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, that's the first thing I noticed. I'm like, guy never wore that shirt before. So obviously, yeah, they allowed to. Uh, he, he was probably doing some shopping. Down in the capital yeah, there of Vanuatu the, and the local Vanuatu market, like yeah, getting and some just, cheap knockoffs, some Ray Bans, and uh, some Rolexes that are called like Bolex or something like that. Um, yeah, which like I just I don't know. I love what I love about this episode. We've gotten rid of the crap now. Like everything from this episode now is brilliant. Just like Guy Leach working his magic, like going to David and just basically like like he's he's balls to the wall here. He's going everything and even Justin like. Again, like, I love him standing up to himself in front because this is what you should do. Like, you step, but like, it's brave from both of them because, like, yeah, they've got nothing to lose. In hindsight, they should just be gone. But, like, I just love the fact here that within five seconds, Justin Melvey's got Imogen basically saying, like, oh, I'm, you know, sorry, I shouldn't have done this. And he's just like, well, I can't believe you. Like, but I appreciate the fact that you've manned up and basically come up to me. So, um, but then, like, you got Imogen saying that she's, you know, um, she hasn't forgiven or forgotten. Um, like it's kind of like the one thing that's missing from all this strategy talk, which I really like is we never really get a firm powwow between the girls and David. Like, it's kind of like David seems to be keeping his cards very close to his chest. And that's to me why they don't trust him. I feel David needs to kind of almost pull like a, was it Gareth from, um, uh, Kagayan, the whole, like, we're all sitting down. No one's leaving. <laughs> like kind of, you know, kind of playing something along those lines. But I don't know, like, it's weird. Well, he has the he has a chat with Imogen and says, you yeah. know, tells her, but, yeah, Nick's not there at the time, which is interesting. So you would assume they did have a chat. Maybe it just didn't make it to air, but who knows. But, yeah, I do like during the sequence. Uh, so David takes Leachy off to do some fruit picking. Leachy's telling David, you know, you're probably best to stick with the guys because – 
you know, I don't know if you can beat those girls. So he, he's getting into his head. Which is what uh, you have to do. You have well, to course, do that in that situation. Of course. But then while that's going on, this is where I love Justin. He's pointing out all of a sudden, huh, hey, girls, uh, David's, he didn't waste any time. He's taking, le- he's up in the hills. I think he says that like, he's up, in the, he's up in the hills with Leachy concocting a plan. It's so, so, so good. How good is that? So, the, so yeah. Justin's there working on the girl, girls pointing out, oh, David's off. Yeah, he's up in the hills working on Leachy. And here Leachy's getting in his ear up in the hills. That, oh, these girls, you, you're not going to beat them. So it is brilliant. Which is, again, and just to correct myself, Garrett, sorry, not Gareth from uh, Kagayan. Um, but, yeah, like, this goes back to my point where I say, like, everything's overlooked from this point on in terms of Guy's game and Justin's game. But, I mean, this is exactly what Luke and the Golden God did. Like, it's 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 brilliant. You're planting seeds. You're, you're creating doubt. Like, again, this is why it's, it's such a shame that this season can't be looked upon more favourably by the fans. So think about the gameplay we're getting right now because, again, they're doing more here than any modern Survivor players have done, like, on some levels, you know? Like, no disrespect to, to your girl Shane Gould, but Shane Gould's not doing stuff like this, and she won the game. Like, but, like, this is a, a level of strategy which is fantastic. It's just so bad that it's tainted by this. But I love it. Like, I love Guy just doing this and Justin, as you're saying, kind of pointing this out there. And this, like, this is where it's going to be fascinating to find out just how much of this was just so planned by Guy and Justin, like, having conversations back at Ponderosa or something. Like, if we get in, this is what we're going to do because we've got nothing to lose. And they're kind of, like, Guy's right, like, Take me to the end. Like, no one's going to vote for me. I got, like, and I don't doubt that if it was a Imogen Guy final two, that Imogen's going to win because, again, no one wants to vote for Guy basically at the end because he got us, you know, back in the game. What makes it interesting, as much as it sucks, is the fact that these two make it to the end. So we'll never know how it would have played out in sort of the Lil Sandra situation. But, um, yeah, this is, this is where this episode is brilliant. And it's just, it's such a shame that it's, it's tainted by the, the shit that we just had before this. Even even here on day twenty one, so the the morning of uh, David and Leachy, they're up real early, so they they're up before anyone else. And Leachy takes David off, and he's telling he's in his ear again. This is where Leachy's yeah. great, and the way he delivers it too. He 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 sort of he chats to you like he's your sort of your best mate. You've known him for years, and nothing's a problem, and a bit like a used car salesman, you know, like nothing's a problem. <laughs> oh, that's all right, it's fine, and. He's in there now, so he's in David's ear again, saying, "Hey, oh, Justin's got a plan uh, to get the girls are going to use Justin to get to the final three. So he, well, so basically selling out the girls again, saying, "Hey, like these girls are now going behind your back, David. They're trying to pull Justin in. Um, they want to use him to get to the final three. So it's putting more doubt in David's head, and and David's obviously getting a bit scatterbrained because he's got a confessional here where he says, "I don't trust anyone at this point, and these four people are breaking their necks to win." So. He knows that the rest of them are all trying to do everything. The, the other four are trying to do any whatever they can to, to get to the final two. So, um, and the girls think David's avoiding them. So it's it, a bit of paranoia, sort of probably getting in there now. A bit of confusion, um, but that's that's brought on from the great play from Leachy and Justin. I mean, Leachy is in David's ear, you know, getting him concerned about the girls. He's in his ear saying. These girls are trying all these plans. You're not going to beat these girls. And now they're using Justin to get to the final three and basically replacing him. So, And they're, they're within 24 hours, they've gone from being the obvious first two voted out to they're literally in power right now because this is the thing that they've done. They've, they've created this seed. And, like, this is going to be my question about the strategic blunder from maybe David's point is that, to me, the obvious one is to break the girls up. Like, that, to me, is just solid logic. And I think that... This is where I think David 
should have flipped. He should have been the one to flip and gone to to Leachie and, and Justin. And that way you break up Imogen and Nicole and then you leave Imogen by herself and she has to go on immunity run from that point on. So that to me is the blunder here. But like this is where though Guy and Justin are in complete power now because if David does that, they're safe. If they get the girls on the side, they're safe. So it's kind of it's a, it's a win-win either way for both of them. So like somehow from being the obvious vote outs, you've gone from that to all of a sudden Guy Leach and Justin are the most powerful two left in this game. The only issue though, and I'm, I'm jumping a little bit ahead here because it's after the immunity challenge. I get the vibe that Justin doesn't like or doesn't trust David anymore. And I wonder if that all comes down to that episode where Justin got voted out and it came up about the bribes and that David was in on that. Like David was the one that obviously told Imogen something about well, what was their rivalry, it. wasn't it? They hated yeah, each so other. Remember episode, Imogen yeah. looks back at, at David and says, well, are you tell what you told me? Is it true? And, and David says, well, I've never told you a lie. I wonder if Justin held that against David because I reckon there's got to be something in this there. episode. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's, he's, he doesn't want to work with David at all. He actually looks like he's trying his best to, to, to get him out, like to ruin his game. So you know, maybe when we get David on, hopefully we can ask him about that, what his relationship was like with Justin after that. Um, and if, you know, if that's, if he felt like when Justin came back into the game, well, did, did Justin ever want to work with him or was it pretty obvious to him that that was never going to happen? Yeah, well, jumping ahead a little bit till after the immunity challenge, we kind of get Justin going on a bit of an angry rant, doesn't he? Like how he's kind of like, yes. going, he's doing a number on all of us. Yes. Like I, me, I can't me, be around a snake. Like he's, yeah. he goes me, off. Meanwhile, Leachy's in the background with his dick out hanging a oh, piss. Oh, no, no, that's, that's, the best, that's the best strategic talk I have ever seen. I was going to bring that up, but, like, that is, like, brilliant. Like, can I just say, when it comes to, you know, ultimate strategy talks in the history of Survivor, Guy Leach taking a piss. <laughs> have we, I'm, I was trying to think. I don't know if we've ever seen on camera no. someone taking a, a, a leak. Surely, in mod, like, the, the producers are going, guys, Guy, you finish doing what you're doing, and then we will have. Then you guys can have the talk. Like, do not, because like that is generally the part where they don't film you right. Is when you go into the toilet. So that to me is the part where, like, you know, in different Survivor, they would be like, "Stop, wait till he's pissed. Now film it." Like, because like it's a bit awkward, kind of seeing like Justin Melby go like, "I can't be around a snake. He's got to go." And Golish is there, yeah, with his dick in his hand, basically going like, "Yeah, how can I agree with you, mate? Mate, fucking mate, mate." Has a bit of a shake, doesn't wash his hands. I mean, I guess he's in the jungle, but like, I mean, it's kind of great strategic moves in Australian Survivor. With the time Guy Leach was holding his dick when they decided that they want to vote out David Oldfield. What would have been funny is if he turned back walked over to Justin and they, they shook on their yeah. deal. They were gonna st- like straight after he just had his slong in his hand, he walks straight over, puts his puts his mitt out and just shakes on it. Look, I'm saying this now, Matt, but uh that's a big slong too. So that's why he was using two like Guy Leach, he's a he's a big man in many ways. Let's be honest. He's got a he's got a impressive package there. That's why he's one of Australia's greatest all around athletes. Yeah. So not as big as Joel though. Oh God, no, no, no! No one can ever top Joel. Like Joel, Joel's impressed. Like if Rob Dixon's impressed by Joel, then you know Joel's got a big one. Can I just say before we get to the immunity challenge, I um I do like that moment when guys you know brought David aside in the morning and doing all that sort of stuff, and I just kind of like that line when you know guys get involved. It's like hey, you know, have I ever bullshitted you? Like you know, kind of you know, trust me. And David's just like, well, better get back to the cooking. <laughs> it's just kind of like. 
I don't know. It's just the way he kind of does it. Like you got this in-depth talk. I'm surprised Guy didn't have his slong out. But I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah. just. You know what? <laughs> what, what, what? While David's having his chats, he's probably sitting there thinking, "Geez, I need to get the pot on now. I need to get that boiling because yeah. he'd be yeah. real down to the time limit. Yeah, I need to get that boiling. I need to get the zesty salad on. Yeah. Uh, you know, Breakfast. and he's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What this immunity challenge? Uh, what do you think? There's two parts to it, isn't there? The first one is lovely grub. Now, what what do you think yes. of this challenge? I, I, I call I like it, it lovely grub, um, <laughs> which is another potential thug life. Can I just point that out there? Um, yeah, like I like it, but the the second one is the second part is kind of I feel it's a bit anticlimactic. You're yeah. putting it down to luck. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of with big steaks on board, like, I don't know. Um, but I like the first, like, I love a gross food eating challenge. We, we went over this last year. I think this should be a staple of every season of Survivor, no matter what. This and the auction, to me, are uh, the staples of every season of Survivor. So I absolutely love it. Um, it's just they should take it further. Like, I, I want to see more gross things. What, what are gross things you can eat in Vanuatu? Make them drink kava. Like, we, you know, kind of go for the guts. I like this when he, when he, the first part of the challenge, the lovely grub, he, he's, he gives him a tip. And it just cracks me up because it, it, the, the way he says it, it makes me think that he was out in the night, you know, with the locals, you know, Dicko was out in Vanuatu with the locals, getting on the carver, t- talking a bit of trash with the locals. And because he says, here, I'll give you a tip. The locals told me this. He said, you're allowed <laughs> to bite their heads off. He's talking about the grubs because they have fangs, not good to eat, a bit crunchy. So yeah. bite the head off, spit it out, and the rest just slides down. Lovely. Which is it? Is it um guy who's like, which is the the head? And then I think Nicole chimes in, and then I love yeah, Dicko's line is like, the head's the ugly bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that guy says yeah. Uh, no, guy says let me know where the head is, will you? And David's like, uh, it's the thick end. That's he's, he's, sorry, he says it's the thick end that's moving. And then Dicko has yeah, it's the ugly bit. Uh, it's all classic. I mean, but it just reminds when he's talking about oh, the locals have told me this. They've given me a tip. And I'm just thinking, was he out? You know, with the locals, he's getting in the getting onto the carver. You know, between sets, like getting smashed on carver and just oh, getting this. Loved getting to think about have you had carver? Have you had carver before? No, never, never had carver. Ah, oh, gee. So I've I've been to Fiji. I think about six times. I think I think when I was on Survivor, that was my, my sixth time there. But I've been on a lot of cricket trips, and yeah, you, you end up. I mean, yeah, you have to drink carbon when you're there, especially like where we go to the ceremonies and afterwards and stuff. I mean, it's standard the carver and oh, Doesn't I tell you, you the what, no, well, I've I've never had the shits from it, but I can't drink too much of it. It's it's not the great taste, but the more you drink, it gives you a real numb tongue, yeah. and they. They always had this thing they called this, you either have the small bit or they call it tsunami. So basically tsunami is like a big full bowl, like a full bowl of it. But uh, yeah, so I've had, I've had Carver a fair bit over, over the years, knowing, knowing a lot of Fijians through cricket. And uh, it's not something that, you know, when, when we meet up, I'm not going to bring out the Carver route and start mashing it up and, and get the Carver bowl. And bring out the cascade, Matt. Come on. Yeah. Get old Tasmania up in there and you yeah. bring the Forex. No, on. I'm going br- to bring the Bogues just to piss you off. But, oh, uh, I'll, piss but, on. Um, I'll piss in a bottle and then I'll give you a bottle. I'm like, hey, have some Bogues. That's basically what it will be. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I just had a little bit of a laugh there. But, uh, yeah, the Witchetty Grub, I, it, should, it should be a staple of every season. You've got to have it. a gross thing. I, I would do it. Oh, you'd have to. I mean, you just, you yeah. just do it. I, it's I one do of those like experiences. That- it's kind of like it's a survivor experience. Like, oh, of course. Going back to the auction, like, we don't get an auction. What until do we get an auction in the first season of Channel Ten? I can't remember, but I think we do. Um, but like, 
auctions are just staples and gross foodie. Like, it's just, that's Survivor to me. Like, they're, they're fun and people are like, oh, they get repetitive. I'm sorry, the family visit gets repetitive, but you got that every damn season. You know, like, I mean, that doesn't change, but you're always going to have the family visit. I mean, it's kind of like bring back uh, rites of passage, right? Like, they haven't done that since South Pacific. Um, and I don't, they don't do that in Australian Survivor anymore, do they? And they, we don't can get I it. Oh, no, we do get it in this season. We do. Can get I just say, out of, out of all things they should bring back or should never have been taken away is the rites of passage. I think that's an yeah. absolute. Beautiful. Well, we get it this criminal. season. We do, yeah, we do get, get it this season. We, we do get yep. it this season, but it's a criminal offence that uh, they've ever taken that away. And it's I know, just, yeah, I know in, my those... season, in my season they tried, like they didn't do it, but they, they tried something a bit quicker, I think, from memory. I mean. What were they? What was your rites of passage? Oh, he was shit. Move on. Uh. <laughs> I think. I think. I think they didn't actually show this, but I think someone said, "Oh, Ben Wynn was better than him," and they moved on. But uh, yeah, yeah but true. Harsh but fair. I mean, you know, let's be honest. And that's why I, I was sat there nodding like, "Yeah, fair call." Fair yeah, call. You're, you're, in, you're more memorable than me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually had a conversation with somebody recently, and I was talking about the fact that I do this podcast. I'm like, oh, I actually, I host it with a with a former contestant, and these like, oh yeah, like I've watched every episode of Australians. I know it back to back to front. Who is it with? I'm like, oh, I remember in Champions Contenders, the the first boot, the cop. I'm like, no, and I'm like, he was he was bald. He wasn't very good. He had a meltdown trouble. No, don't remember him. <laughs> how could you, you forget that tribal council? Matt, you're just not memorable, apparently. Oh, uh, but, but, then, but then when you mentioned Ben Wynn, the guy probably knew all oh, about Oh, buddy, I had a T-shirt on. It was Ben Wynn's number one fan. Probably knew where he was living right now. Probably could It was say, Ben oh, Wynn. I, was, I met yeah. Ben Wynn. I just kept a secret from you. What can I say? Uh, he's coming on the show oh, next week. Surprise. Sh- but what's yeah. surprising? Speaking of surprises, everyone chows down these. Even freaking Imogen and Nicole. Like, you see Nicole's reaction. She's straight away like, ah, like, you know, cutesy little Nicole as she is. But they all stomach it and fucking Imogen, like a like a goddess, just, I mean, she's a vegetarian, like, well, I guess animal rights, like, just amazing. This is the same girl that at the beginning of this season was complaining about touching pigs. Now she's picking up a bloody witchetty grub and down the gullet it goes. Well, what does Dicko say to her? She, he's trying to, like, say how good she did, but she's in the background throwing up. Yeah, and I wrote that down. It's like, um, David Imogen guy, thoroughly well done, even though, Imogen, you're hucking it up in the bushes. <laughs> Which I like again. This is one of these rare episodes where I feel we're spoiled for choice for thug lives. Um, it's just there's 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 plenty, but uh, I I do like maybe my favorite though. We'll get to the, so the next part is they've got a um uh, so we should say that uh, David so, Imogen and I'm Guy. So, so go man, I'm just gonna cut in here. I'm just laughing to myself. <laughs> you're cracking me up. You said that this guy's like, yep, I've, I've watched every episode. Tell me who it is, <laughs> and then you're like Matt Dyson, and it's just cricket. It, it was at that point where you were like. Fuck! I couldn't get any lower in in, in life. Like <laughs> yeah. when, when here you are. You actually have hosted like, this with with yeah, Ben Morgan. <laughs> yeah, where, where you were like, fuck! I'm at the lowest of all lows. And like when, when it comes to Survivor, like Matt, man, I've been guy, at the lowest of all is, lows in podcasting a lot of the time. But uh, that might have taken the cake. <laughs> that that does crack me up. He's like, yeah, I've watched every episode. I know everything. Yeah, you, you hit me with it, Matt Dyson. This goes quiet. Yep. No idea. No idea. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, was he from the UK version? Yeah. Oh, sorry yeah, to interrupt. No. I was just laughing. Israel, about Israel version. He was, he was the reward when Rupert was yeah. on it. Uh, oh, basically. I, sorry, oh. I just, I had to interrupt you because I was just laughing. I could just, you know, when you can just picture something, I could just picture it. Just the, the, the awkward silence. You're like, I feel right, it. Let's, it needs let's to come talk up about, more. let's talk about off the podium. 
So, yeah, so David, Imogen, and Guy go through. Uh, now, the next part is, this is the part yeah, where I kind of have the issue with. It's kind of a game of luck, basically. You've got circles. You've got to dig for a key. Key opens up the chest. The chest has a grappling hook. You've got to throw it. You get the flag, put it in, you win. Now, like, again, in hindsight, this isn't a problem. Like, it's maybe a reward challenge or kind of a tribal challenge or just something like that. But, like, for immunity, like, I don't know. It just it kind of bothers me a little bit that you have this. Or, or maybe have it as a, this is the beginning. You know, first three go through, not the one person kind of does it. So um, the line here, though, that I like, which is maybe my favourite Dicko line, which we can maybe use for Thug Life, is uh, when he's when David's, like, going through really slowly and he's like, David seems to be looking for divine intervention, <laughs> like as he's digging <laughs> through the sand. But ultimately <laughs> Imogen finds the key, she gets it, she grapples, she wins. Uh, Imogen wins immunity and this time doesn't give it up. So uh, her second immunity. But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel yeah. that it's a weird yeah, you, challenge for immunity. You, you're right. It's... You sort of, you think they do it. They get the hook, you know. They they get the key, and then you kind of think, okay, what, where's the rest of it? And then it, that's it. That's that's all yeah. I had to do. Like you're right. It's 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 almost like just the start of a challenge, and then you're expecting it's going to move on to a bigger thing. And then have them get not. three it's, flags, three flags maybe. Like not just one. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But because um, in the end, in the end, in the end, the other two didn't even find the no. key. Nope. Didn't not even. At all. Fi- do you like? Did you like how David was this sort of? He was. He didn't go deep at all. He was just doing his little. Yeah, just kind of like you know the divided. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. The kind of like Dicko pick up. But even like I like his like strategic thinking there when he looks under the the chest and looks. Like, yes. I love Dicko there. David thinking it might be behind the chest. <laughs> just kind of <laughs> going with that. But can we just talk about Dicko great lines? We talked about his great commentary the other week of uh, of David versus Gabs. Can we just talk about uh, when Imogen's about to win? This could be it. This could be it. Careful, careful. Slowly, slowly. Captain Monkey, that's the motto. <laughs> like, just as if it's just, like, pulling the damn thing. What does that mean? Captain oh, Monkey, that's the motto. <laughs> look, he had this down about three tsunami carvers by yeah. that stage, so <laughs> he didn't even know what he was saying. But he then calls, and this is, um, people, you think about, like, us calling Imogen Bailey Queen Imogen. She gets anointed here by Dicko. The queen of the moment is Imogen. Like, thank you, Dicko. Like, we just needed Lincoln last season to anoint Jane. So, you know, we talk about having our queen of a season. We've got an official anointment. Da, 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 da. Queen Imogen, here she is. So, um, and yeah, great moment. And then I do like it as they go back off to uh, camp. The the line from Dicko, the cat is truly amongst the pigeons. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's a great Dicko episode. There's so much to choose from Dicko in this oh, episode. Gee. Yeah, no, Dicko at his best. But, yeah, they return to camp. Uh, Imogen's obviously got the, the immunity necklace around her uh, around her her shoulders, around her neck, so she's safe. But now she's worried about Nick because, obviously, Nicole, her, her best alliance in this game, her, her friend, um, is now obviously the only one out of the two that's, that's vulnerable at Tribal Council. Um, David and Imogen, this is where they have a chat. She, you know, he says he, he wants Guy to go. And that they need to trust each other. So David is trying to make it clearer at this point. He's he's still sticking to the plan. Um, David has a good confessional here too. He says, "Well, it doesn't make sense that I would go home at this point." So he's Which, thinking that, uh, yeah. 
I just I mean, want to, yeah. I just need to interrupt and say that's the Lance Brooks moments of this episode. It's uh, there's no such thing as an alliance. This is his version. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm not going home. But, like, <laughs> but seriously, he probably he's probably right. It probably didn't make sense for him to go home this episode. Like, I I, I don't think I think if he was ever going to be safe in this game, it was at this point. It like I agree with you. It's just I think it ultimately comes down to it does make sense if you're Justin or Guy because you're going to send anyone home. Like, like ultimately, yes. I think if if you were to be looking at this from the armchair critic and think, well, what's the smart move for anybody? It's to break up Nicole and Imic. Nicole should be going home. I'm just saying that now. It's not even Guy and, and Justin like because they're, they're well and truly not going home at this point. To me, I think David at this point like should be going, mm, I'm not feeling right here. I'm maybe going to side with Guy and Justin and let's get rid of let's get rid of Nicole because you need to break them up. That's the danger of it. And, like, you know, ultimately it doesn't go to the end. But um, it's the thing, like, I love all this stuff at the end again. I love the strategy. You know, I love kind of this fight with, not fight, but I love Justin's little, you know, anger moment with, uh, with Guy and his schlong. But, like, the thing that irks me about it, it kind of goes back to how I said, like, I feel we need to have a bit more between David, Imogen, and Nicole. The one actually I think we need to have is we need to have more Nicole and Imogen. How do they come up with this decision? Yeah. Like it's kind of we get a bit, but like kind of the the key scene in this part is the schlong scene. It's it's Justin going off and like we don't need to see their strategy. They've done everything they can. We need to see like even if it's just a scene of Nicole and Imogen sitting next to each other going, "So what are we going to do?" And they're like, mm, "I don't know. What do you think we should do?" Hmm, I don't know. And then is it is it Nicole or Imogen's final confessional just before uh, tribal where they say like we're not sure who I think it's Nicole says we're not sure who we're going to vote for it's pretty tricky to trust anyone so yeah, like it was, we that get was Nicole, it but like but- that's my fault we my fault with this part the only bad thing is I want to see with Nicole and Imogen just kind of like mm, who are we doing like what and like keep us really on the edge of our seats for this tribal I agree but they probably the, the footage they had of that was probably them talking and saying that David was going. So they, they, yeah. they didn't want to show that because obviously then it would, you know, there would be no suspense at Trouble Council. Can I just say too, like this is where I'm saying Justin, he's coming with a new attitude. Like he's, he has this, he's talking to guy, obviously the whole schlong scene, but he says like, no one could look you in the eye anymore. I didn't mm. think the game would come to this. So like, but the way he says it, like he's just, you know, and then, then Justin's talking to Imogen and saying that, um, uh, they're talking about that neither of them are, are going to vote for Guy, so Justin's feeling quite confident there. So that's where we actually hear Imogen say, "Well, I'm not voting for Guy," but and and you start thinking, "All right, well, well David's going here," but but yeah, Justin, he's he's definitely coming with a new attitude, and that's where I think. And I, hopefully, we'll talk to David about this. But I just think it was pretty clear that that Justin was never going to work with David. That that something's happened. That maybe their friendship got torn up a little bit after that during that episode in Tribal where where Justin initially went home. Which also, too, like, you're right with that attitude, and I really enjoy it, too. And, like, kind of going back to that point where I was saying about Justin, like, you know, I not don't want to play with a snake or I can't be around a snake. Like, I love that line that he says when he goes, I've said to them, if you get rid of Guy, I'm out of here. So, like, basically Justin's yes. threatening to walk yeah. um, over the fact that they're like, I mean, it's it's a bold strategy. And would he really have walked? I don't think well, so. What was the point uh, of that? Like, get rid of Guy, don't even have to vote out Justin. Well, that was easy. <laughs> could, could you imagine that if, like, if Guy leaves and then Justin's like, I'm walking. At that point, David Mason would have been thinking, shit, like, we really – Get him on the phone and like get who and they're like Ben Win like we need yeah. him. like he would have literally been the last resort they would have needed to get another player they literally would have said Ben Win we like they would have paid him double I mean let's be honest he was probably only getting two hundred bucks appearance fee <laughs> for the Knicks 
Most money ben, he's ever received ben in his win. life. Ben Wynn, we got four hundred bills. We got four hundred dollar bills here, right for you now. Come back, we'll get you on. Yeah. But so that he well, was that, that, the last. I, re- I reckon Matt, they were that desperate, they would have gone, "Get me Matt Dyson," and you would have heard. <laughs> David Mason would have said, "Who never heard of him?" Yeah. But, uh, I, I reckon here, just for a bit of a laugh, this would have been funny because, like I said, Justin was really going off. You could see it in his eyes. This guy's pissed off, like really angry. And that's when guys in the background hanging a piss with this song out. They should have. They should have just like blurred blurred it out, but like yeah, down between a, his like, legs, right? Like like a huge blur out, like yeah. making out like, like Borat, just, like yeah, yeah. they do like, with Borat, <laughs> like making out is just like yeah, three times, four times bigger than it really is. Like I tell you what, you are, I tell you what, I'm doing that as part of yes, one of our clips this yes, week. I'm yes. going to do that. So, so here you are, here you are with you know Justin Melby like pissed off, going off, and in the background, if you're looking closely, uh, there's this this massive blurred out bit. Like yep. insinuating that that guy leaves is this this hung like a a mule. What do you mean insinuating, <laughs> Matt? He is. Well, uh, yeah. no, I, we'll we'll work away with that. I'm sure people listening to this episode have already seen it, but uh, yeah. I will uh, I will try. I'm and work looking my magic. forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm sure Can guy just, will be looking forward to seeing it. Be- before we get to travel, it's all set up here now. It's kind of like, oh, how's this going to go? And. Uh, I think kind of we, we talked about the, the Guy Leach vote out being the defining vote of this season, maybe sort of Amber turning against Fiona being the defining vote of this season, kind of, you, you know, that that moment when this season changes, it's the Joel deal moment. I mean, in, in all seriousness, this is the, the episode where we're going to get kind of the defining moment. But just quickly on David Mason's blog, I sort of read what I did before, but just some of the other things he mentions here about the twist. And obviously, you know, we, we've heard from the man. We've heard him explain it in person, you know, 15 years later. But I do like here how he says, Day 20 was always going to be our riskiest day. There are many precedents in the CBS shows, not to mention other Survivor shows from around the world, for bringing voted out Survivors back into the show. But you can never tell how it will play out. We knew that the incoming Survivors would be well-fed and refreshed and would have a massive advantage over the three who were still left in the game. But we also knew that they would be outnumbered, so they'd be easy pickings to be voted out. Our worst nightmare would be that the voting out would be completely predictable, but fortunately it was anything but... Uh, and then he goes on to say here, which I'm kind of jumping in here, obviously, to the vote out. But, but then he, uh, talking about the Imogen and sort of vote out, it was an unbelievable move for the girls to vote out David and it made Imogen and Nicole very vulnerable. Unless they can get Justin on side in the next two days, the voting at the next tribal council will split the vote. The boys voting out a girl and the girl, I'm jumping ahead here because we'll talk about that in a moment. But I find it interesting there that even sort of back in the day, fresh in the mind, that David's sort of here going like, oh, it was a risk, but luckily it didn't play out. So it, it's interesting to kind of hear that. But um Tribal Council, Matt, um, it's, uh, look, I want to say it's a good Tribal Council, but we know that this was modern-day Survivor. This would be the most dramatic thing since mm. Shakespeare. You know, the way, like, I feel it ultimately gets edited a bit underwhelming for the big bigness yeah. it just brings. I feel the image in giving up immunity Tribal was way better and way more dramatic. So... Basically, it all comes down to a question and answer session as it does. But I do love Dicko when he basically, uh, you know, because he asked Justin about, you know, admiring the players coming back in, guys sort of talking about coming back in the game, um, you know, the worst oh, nightmare to see, to see Justin coming back. Imogen sort of talks about that. But I love Dicko there where um, it was an Imogen says, like, it's a chance to start again. And then basically Dicko's like, I'm not buying that. Aren't you worried that they've got a score <laughs> settle? Like, just Dicko like, owns it. And then we get a, a Sitting Ducks reference again from Nicole. It's a favourite TV show. She loves it. Um, but then, like, the line that this is, again, goes back to my point of 
the smart move is to break up Nicole and Imogen. David literally says the girls have an unbreachable alliance. And it's like, it's right then and there where it's like, well, if even you can see that, that like, this is your moment. Like, okay, you've made this deal to stay in the game and form an alliance, but there's got to be some sort of doubt in his mind, surely. Like, maybe he just literally had no doubt in his mind that the girls were sticking with him. Maybe there was not a question in his mind that they were sticking with him and why he never maybe even floated with the idea to, to vote out Nicole. I took that, though, as when he's saying an unbridgeable alliance, that he's including himself in that, that, that he's letting him know, hey, I'm sticking with you. Us three are unbreachable. That's how I read it. Like, that's how I, when I heard it, until I, I just assumed that until you just sort of said that you're more talking about just those two. But I think he was saying it, letting them know, hey, like, us three, we're going to stick together. We're going to get these two other guys out. We're unbreachable. No one's going to change. That's how I read it. But uh, Very valid. But yeah, uh, yeah I, that's a good point. I like that. It's, uh, I like it here too. Yeah. You mentioned you brushed, uh, sort of on, 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 you touched on the guy here where Dicko asked him, you've been living the good life, you know, are you match fit? And, uh, guy says, well, and, and he brings a valid point. Like guy said, well, I didn't know I was going to be coming. If I was going to be coming back into the game, I then found out that, that the opportunity was going to come up that I may get back in and, and that his whole mindset has changed. And then he had to start going back into the game of the mindset. Like, and that would be hard. But I still think it's a better advantage, the fact that he'd been getting fed up for six days. I mean, you can easily get back into that mindset. That's going to take you all of about five minutes, you know, where, where you know, resting up in a, in a nice king-size bed with the, with the free bar tab and room service. Uh, hmm. Give me that any day of the week and then put me back in. But uh, David here is good too. He gets asked a great question here by Dicko. What, what's it going to win? Um, what's going to win the game? Is it going to be strategy or strength? And uh yeah, as you said, that's, he talks about the the alliance. So you've already touched on that, but um, with the girls. But I thought that was really good. But they, I mean, David he he gives great confessionals. He he gives great responses to Dicko at Tribal. He's done that all through the season. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We get to the voting. Um, we see Guy votes for David. Now this is going to be interesting because I noticed even on social media since we've been covering this season, it looks like. Guy and um, and David have sort of, you know, retouched base with each other. Yep. Um, they like each other's stuff on social media. I think they've got in contact since. Because Guy seems to really like David. He, he says even when he votes him out that uh, it's either you or me. I like that. That was a line I used when I voted for Stevie. So I thought that was pretty good. But he says, yeah, um, it's either you or me, but uh, I love you like a brother. So yeah. obviously they did get along really well. And, and obviously we know that... Um, that uh, David receives the, the 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 votes here, but David does actually vote for Guy. But they obviously have that respect for each other, and it's good. It's good to see that that us doing this podcast has sort of gotten back in touch with each other. And um, yeah, we've often seen a few comments throughout the season, and it's those two commenting, you know, commenting on it. So uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. It'll be good to, when we get David on. Obviously, we're going to get David on before Guy that we can. Um, we can find out about his relationship, obviously, with everyone, but in particular, the winner, Guy Leach. Well, I, I know in talking to David recently, he mentioned to me that, yeah, he and Guy caught up recently and kind of sort of talked it out a bit. So, um, yeah, it's sort of interesting to see that. Can I just point out, just before we talk about the vote out, David, and, and kind of eulogise him and all that kind of stuff, um, you talk about the clothes that they're wearing. Um, Guy Leach's windbreaker. I'm not sure how I feel about this, this sort of grey and white number. Now, uh, look, Guy Leach is a, is a very, uh, you know, he's one of Australia's greatest ever athletes. You know, he's got a massive schlong. He's, uh, he's a beautiful man, you know, a champion. But uh, 
don't know where this windbreaker decision came from, Matt. I, I don't know if you noticed it, but I'm a bit, I didn't, uh, I'm a bit intrigued. I, I didn't notice it. I, after I get off this podcast, I'll, I'll go back and have a look and we'll discuss it next, next it week. I'm sure. It suit him. It just, well, I'm, I'm sure it we're going to see. Weird. So this is obviously, I didn't even take notice. So obviously this windbreaker, we, we hadn't seen it prior to him in the early Not part of this I game. This saw. is. Nice. Uh, so it's a, it's a, it's a, he got it down at the markets down in Vanuatu, yeah, no doubt. But yeah, right, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that next episode. If he, if he pulls it out again, we'll, we'll have, I'll have, I'll pay more attention. But uh, <laughs> Dicko here, he's, he's mentioning, um, yeah, Puppet Master. The Puppet Master is gone. We're well, about we should. To, I love this. I, oh, sorry, you, you go ahead. I'm probably. No, I was just, I was just simply going to say. Well, I mean, we'll mention. Yeah, David gets voted out. It's a it's a unanimous vote. It's well, four to one. Uh, I love David's face. Yes, that he's sort of yes. a deadpan. And then I love Guy gives a bit of a wink to the jury. Is it to say, like, yeah. yeah, I did. Like it's it's actually yeah. pretty cool. I like it. And, and what I love the most is David when he when he gets his torch snuffed by Dicko, he does not give them a second look. He actually yep. makes sure when he turns, he, he, and he does it very abruptly. He sort of watches it. And then it's just this very abrupt, almost like a robot. Yeah. Like turns, does not give him a second look. And David's pissed. He pissed off. You know, I think David was pretty certain that he was going to still be there with the girls. And, uh, and who did you say that he ends up? And we'll talk to David about this, but who did he write the letter to after Imogen. the game was over? Because yeah. Imogen told me in that Hall of Fame interview that she got a letter from the David that I think she yeah. still has to this day, or she was gonna she was gonna look for it. So yeah, yeah. But like, so, I mean, God, like he. I'm watching. I was just gonna say. I thought I initially thought he just deadpan Dicko in the face when the torch got snuffed, but he doesn't. He looks at it, but just the, his look on his face is just, you know, you know it's just like it, it, he's it's angry. Funny, yeah, he is angry, and you know, it's funny because, we, you know, we we have this culture, I guess, in Survivor where we talk about some of the, the biggest villains. And I guess you you could put – I don't think that – look, I don't think David Oldfield is a villain, but I guess – Justin Milby is more of a villain to me. Yeah, Sorry to interrupt, abso- but he to me is more of a yeah, villain than David. Absolutely. But if you're going to do a heroes versus villains and and he was going to be brought back for it, you would put him on the villain side just because he was a puppet master. I think uh, I think you could you – could, well, you could sell it that way. The guy was a puppet master. He I was think- very strategic. I think no. he's only he. I think he only comes back into the villain based on his reputation. Like you tell me, one villainous thing he did in this game, he did like he well, was loved, okay. he was admired, he did well. Like it's 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 the art uh, to me. It's it's kind of like how you know you would argue that some of the people on Heroes villains should have been on different tribes. You know, like I you could almost argue Jerry Manthe could have been on the Heroes. Like I mean, I know she never would have been, but like I mean, but, did she really do anything villainous? But, no. But that's what I'm saying. It's all about how you sell it to the audience, and that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yes, I don't think he's a villain, but if you're trying to sell it to the audience, you're going to put him on the villain because it's harder to get as many villains. Probably, maybe games changing a little bit now. You might be able to get more, but they kind of had to stretch the boundaries a little bit to get the villain. You know, like you said, some of the yeah. players that were actually on villains weren't Dino really villains. How yeah, but but. The thing, what I'm getting at is David, I think he's a very loyal guy. Like, I think he's yeah. a very loyal player. Oh, now, clearly. you take someone like like Russell Hans. Russell, when you actually break it down, the guy is very loyal to the people in his alliance. Like, very loyal to the fact that he will not hesitate to use idols and risk his own game to get his alliance um, further in the game. And And... But of course, because he, you know, he's so villainous in his in his confessionals and all that. That obviously they portray that side of him. But when you actually break down Russell Hans's game, the guy is very, very loyal to his alliance. And David, I think, is the is the exact same. And those type of players, they take it personally when someone mm. 
in their alliance does turn turn against them because they wouldn't do that to them or they you know they would find it hard to do it to them so when it happens to them they take it extremely personally and david clearly did when he got voted out i think to me yeah like i i don't disagree with you i think the one US player is Brian Heideck. I think kind of because you talk to anyone from Thailand, they had no idea he was like how he was in his confessionals. They thought he was just loyal and, you know, a great guy to be around and everything. He kind of had the two personas, which kind of was great. But if Brian Heideck comes back, he's a villain. Like, it's just based on his persona. It's kind of like Rob Dixon. Like, Rob Dixon is probably a hero. He's going to come back as a hero. But I could make an argument that Rob Dixon is a villain based on kind of like his confessionals. I mean, just how he is in, in those. So like, I mean, ultimately if you're bringing back a heroes and villains from Whaler's way, Katie's a villain and, and Rob's a hero based on how it's going to play. Of course they are, but I could make a heavy argument that you could easily make Rob a villain and almost even Katie a hero. Just saying, like, <laughs> I think that if, if Katie doesn't have the whole, I want to kill them confessional and she's just kind of, plays it a different way in that final episode, Katie comes out as a hero in that season. So, um, yeah, it is it's it is an interesting one. Like, I think kind of rumours abound about sort of next seasons of, of Australian Survivor. It is actually one that would be, if you do an All-Stars 2, I think a Heroes, Villains, Australian Survivor would be very unique. Obviously, we're only ever going to get Channel 10 players, but if they open their eyes up and realise that they're two other seasons and you brought back, I mean... I just think David Oldfield is always a villain. It's, to me, it's just in his reputation outside of the game. You can't have a co-founder of One Nation on the show and put him on the hero. Like, Australia would go mental in, in well, protest. And according to your mate that you said you spoke to recently, I'm no chance of ever getting in, in any of these. Uh, <laughs> you're just you're, yeah. you're not in the hero villains. You're in the who? Try. Who? Yeah. I'm in the who try. <laughs> you're heroes uh, versus villains versus who? <laughs> now, uh, I love this line by Dicko at the end here. He says, the puppet master is gone. We're about to find out who's pulling the strings now. Oh, yeah. Great line. Great. That's, I mean, a, was he, that's a JLP he, scripted line. Yeah. Like, was he yeah. waiting to pull that one out the whole season, the whole 21 days? Was he Look, waiting to- I, I, I don't know. The thing I'll say, though, with Dicko is that, and this is my, again, I'm jumping ahead to JLP, but like my issue with JLP's one-liners is they just feel scripted. Like, to me... They just feel so scripted. This feels natural. Like, if this was something that Dicko's been sitting on, then, yeah, I would say that, like, absolutely. But, like, it just it doesn't come across, whereas JLP's lines, like, as good as they are, there are sometimes the lines that JLP says that literally sound like he's been sitting on them for, like, a, three weeks ready to use it. I mean, the Stephen Bradbury one, I mean, come on, like, it's brilliant, but... I think he was waiting for something to happen with that all season. But, um, yeah, it's a great line. But, um, yeah, we'll eulogise David. Um, one thing I want to say, though, before I eulogise David, Channel 7, once again, need to learn how to fucking edit a preview because there are two issues I have with next week. One, you clearly see who has immunity next week. And two, why do you spoil this twist? Like, this is the problem. Like, this is, have like a Channel 10 style. Something will happen in Tribal Council that has never happened even in the US version. What will it be? Tune in. Like, you literally are telling us that there's going to be a tie next week and the jury will vote for who goes home. It's annoying. Channel 7, like, you've done some decent stuff this season, but holy crap balls, you need to learn how to edit a preview. Oh, absolutely. The editor needs to be shot. And I mean shot dead. It's yes. terrible. Maybe they oh, were. I, Maybe I, that's I tried, why. Yeah. I don't I, know. I, <laughs> it, it's like 
I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. I, I don't know if you you remember the initial um, energy drink mother. It was yes. terrible. Like the the first and and they it had like ginseng. It was terrible. You couldn't drink it. It was terrible. And they rebrand like redid it all. They did a new recipe up, and they actually had a, an ad, and it was basically showing the original person who came up with the recipe get bloody that they they come in and ki- basically kill him. I think it was or take him away because they're saying that you know it was that bad of a recipe that. They they got rid of him and they they brought in someone else and it's almost the same as this bloody editor. What it's, are they thinking? They ruin yeah. every. I don't watch it now, so even though I've watched this season before, it's been that long ago. I and I'm watching each episode as we go. I, I try to not even t- like look at what happens next week because they keep giving it away. It's I I mean I'll get to the fan comments soon on the forums because it's the heated forum this week about this episode but there is a large portion complaining about the preview and like there's literally even one person on this forum who's like I tried to find a Channel Seven complaints email but I couldn't so I emailed Sunrise instead. Um, so who would have wow. been who would have been, who would have been uh, the host of Sunrise back then? Oh, well, in Koshy and Mel, wouldn't it? They were the Koshy host Mel, for, yeah. forever. So, but I mean, let's just I just can't does, fathom it. Does Koshy like, does, does have that much pull, Ben? Well, I mean, now he does. I don't know back then. Like, I mean, God, the you guy's know, like just, in control of an can, AFL club now. So, can, you, can you just imagine that now? What, fifteen years later, he's finally catching up on his emails, and he's like, "Oh, what was this one here?" Uh, yeah, he gets so many. Koshi's so popular. Yeah, he's like, was in my, oh, it, look it, at my it, emails. Oh, two thousand six. He's like, oh, all right. Yep, I'll uh, I'll let him. I'll let David Mason know about that one. Uh, but look, wow. this is a classic example of having obviously clearly someone that probably had no interest in the actual game of survivor obviously they're just an editor they're doing their job obviously someone like i don't know whether david mason signs off on this or someone signs off on it but that to me says whoever's signing off on this and editing it and signing off on it doesn't understand like what as a fan what they want to see in like what's coming up next you know they they don't understand how survivor works it's all on about like that anticipation of oh what's going to happen next week and they think by giving it, almost giving it away, like that's going to get people excited about it. Where that's not how Survivor works; it ruins it. And that, and to me, that's a classic example. Whoever's doing this and signing off on this doesn't actually understand what it what it is to be a Survivor fan and what makes there's, this show. There's a middle ground. You've got your your too far to the left, which is Channel Seven giving everything away. There's too far to the right, which is Channel Ten hyping up that everything is the end of the world and oh my god, if you don't tune in, your baby's gonna get shot. There's like there's a middle ground. Like like it's kind of that's that that sweet spot. And the US, CBS generally have that sweet spot. I mean CBS is fucked up. There have definitely been promos where they've given away things as well. But I mean you know, it's just, it, it's inexcusable. Like, it really is inexcusable. And particularly at this part of the season, like, there's two more episodes to go. Like, I mean, this is kind of when you're really getting like, holy fuck, who's going to win? So, yeah, the one there's thing a I lot of say, complaints in the forum. The, way, the one thing I will say about the first thing that when it says next time on Survivor, it's like, David, the puppet master has been voted out. Like, we've just, like, within the space of about 20 seconds, we're hearing Dicko calling the puppet master. So he's all of a sudden, he's loving bringing up this puppet master stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They talk about the count back vote, the jury vote, and um, yeah, it's I don't know, terrible. They, they, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. But final words, Ben. Final words yes. of the great man himself. I'll go through that. Five thousand dollars for his charity went to Legacy Foundation. Can you do me a favor? Can you Google that and tell me what that of is? Of course, I, can, I didn't do can that. Do that for while you, Matthew. While you're doing that, I'll give a bit of rundown what he says in his final words. He says uh, the fact that the girls, Imogen and, and uh, Nikki, they're liars and they're incredibly deceitful doesn't exactly take me by surprise 
I'm surprised they chose tonight to, to get rid of me, though. So he is surprised that he, he didn't see it coming. He thought that it was the wrong time that, that, you know, he would be in there at least for a few more days until he – and probably was then hoping that he'd win immunity, I guess, and, and that would break up the girls. Uh, and this is here where he's clearly a Guy fan, even though he obviously voted for Guy tonight. Uh, he says, Guy, go on and win it. You are – of the four, the most deserving. So even though Guy's already been voted out and comes back in, even at that point, he, he he's rooting for Guy, that he thinks uh, the Guy's the most deserving of the, the final four, which I thought was interesting. And maybe he just really liked Guy. Maybe, you know, they got along and he just liked who he was and he was a competitor guy and he gets his wish. Guy goes on to win. Just uh, I want to say right now, to kind of date this episode a little bit right now, go to the cinemas and see Free Guy, and then basically you can learn about the inside story of how Guy Leach became free on Australian Survivor and, and won it. It's a Ryan Reynolds movie. It's pretty good. I actually recommend it. Um, bad joke. Fell flat. Uh, Legacy is a – it still exists. Uh, it supports the families of veterans. Uh, we are there for the partners and the children of those who gave their lives or their health for our country. We provide essential social, financial, and development support that these families depend on each day. Legacy.com.au. There we go. We can we can plug the website. A couple of things before you eulogize a great man. Um, I see a lot of hate for David on the forum. Well, not hate, but like people going off at David here, like, oh, he, he comes across as bitter and like this is him finally showing his true colours. Is this really bitter? He literally says, like, they're liars and incredibly deceitful, but I wish Guy the best of luck. Like, that's not that bad. I've seen a hundred times worse on, on Survivor. I do one thing I will say about the preview, and again, I'm jumping ahead. I actually like the scene when you see David giving the cutthroat motion to, to the, yeah, the yeah. final four, uh, which again, we'll talk more about next week. But I mean, look, what can we say about David? We, we have, I think we've named more episodes after this man than we ever have. Well, I think more than we did with Rob and Katie last season. I mean, this guy is an enigma. We talked so much last season about how we were robbed getting someone like Katie back for All-Stars, Shona, you know, if Rob was still with us, Rob. People like that, Craig, you know, like robbed. It, it is baffling to me in an era of Survivor when we have champions versus contenders. In an era of Survivor when this man has been on a Channel 10 reality show, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here recently. Like, like how he has not even remotely... I mean, maybe he has been. Maybe we'll find out this next week. Like, Guy Leach got a phone call. Maybe David Oldfield has gotten a phone call. But, I mean... As we've discussed plenty of times about how good he is, he had this reputation, still has this reputation to this day based on his connection to Pauline Hanson and One Nation of what type of person he is. Completely put that aside, isolate him, and that this is a non-celebrity season of Survivor. He is just an incredible player. You know, we, we have our hand in the Hall of Fame and... You know, it's going to be tricky when it comes to the 2021 sort of one, how it kind of gets lumped into season one and season two, whether he gets... I mean, he's an enigma of this game. He is an incredible player. You know, the question that was sort of asked me at the beginning of this is, is this the worst twist in the Australian Survivor? I'll get to that. To me, maybe controversial opinion that I'm going to flat out say this, but I think my rewatch has helped me make this decision up because it was always a toss-up to me who's a better player between Imogen and David this season. I'm saying this right now, David. David is the best player this season. He is amazing. He he really didn't put a foot wrong. Maybe you could argue he's putting a foot wrong. He's not siding with the boys here to vote out Nicole in hindsight. But, I mean, like, you just talk about a complete game of somebody who didn't win the game. I mean, what else could David have really done besides maybe that one thing? Amazing, incredible player. 
I hope that if anyone can take anything out of season two, Australian Survivor, Celebrity Survivor, if they're listening to us and don't know much about it, just appreciate how good of a player David is. And that if he was a Channel 10 player, he would be lauded as an all-time great. And it's a shame that he will probably go down as even more forgotten about than a Rob Dixon or a Katie Gold because he is credible. He's an amazing player and an instant player that you want to see play again and get another shot. I I can't speak highly enough of this man. He is just such a great player of Australian Survivor and just uh, a a true legend of this game. I totally agree with you, Ben. I think from from re-watching it and really, you know, taking notes, really watching every little bit of detail, I I think there's there's no other case you could put forward for any other player to be to be to say that they outplayed or were better than him this season. You know, yes, Imogen plays a great game, but I, I honestly think after paying extra attention to each player, I mean, he's amazing. He, he's he's one of the all-time great Australian Survivor players. As far as like getting to you know being able to interview him, like you think of you think of season one, Whaler's Way, and for me, you know, we, I mean, I love getting anyone, any any of our cast members on to interview them. I mean, everyone's got their story, but there's always, I guess, each season there's that one or two people that you just really can't wait to interview. And for me, you know, Shona Brown, to get Shona on in the first season, I mean, we didn't know whether, she, you know, it took us a long time to track her down. We didn't know whether she was going to, you know, want to give an interview and, and it was fantastic. And for me, that was the one interview I really, really wanted to do this season. And I think out of, any player that's ever played so far, I mean, David Oldfield, he's up there in the the top three interviews I'll ever want to do from past players. You know, I just... Is, is the top good. one you? Is the first one your interview that you want to do? You want to interview <laughs> yourself? You know, I'll just quickly say too, you know, I know you haven't watched uh, this recent season of Australian Survivor, the, the Brains vs. Brawn, but uh, you talk about how people gave... David Oldfield a bit of hate for the way, you know, when he got voted out that he sort of, you know, felt they felt like he got a bit bit dirty on the, the rest of the, the cast there. That's, uh, well, there's a player in this current season, Benny. He goes and, in his final words, goes and says that they can all go fuck themselves. So, uh, yeah, Which wait is till brilliant. I love that. I want to watch yeah. it even more now. And then that was the Ben guy, was it? Yeah, Benny. He's, oh, he stole he, my thing. That was always yeah, going to be my thing when I get voted uh, out. Look, look. <laughs> I got no doubt one day when you get sick of doing this podcast, you'll go tell me to go fuck myself. So I'm waiting for that. So you'll, you'll get your opportunity one day when you're sick of doing ASA. I'll, you know what? I'll hold that. To, I'll, that will be a badge of honour. Ben Water was a great icon of podcasting survivor goes and tells me to go fuck myself and that no one remembers me anyway no 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 it's the other way around mate as soon as someone remembers you then you're like fuck i've made it go fuck yourself ben i'm famous now (laughs) people remember me from uh survivor i I love i love the fact that you told me that like you know the ben name is pretty shit in survivor but i mean that's a legacy in itself like I've, i've always i've always said if i got voted out of Survivor, like I never understand why people just don't like chuck. I I would like okay, well I'm going home. I'm I'm going out fourth. Like no one's gonna remember me. I'm gonna be the guy that like fucking picks his torch up and throws it at JLP. Fuck you all! Like flash my ass at him. Like suck my brown eye. Like I don't know. Go out you with a bang. I'm, imagine <laughs> if someone gets their torch and they just throw the actual torch in the fire. That would be pretty <laughs> funny. So you just like, let it burn. Stuff. You just let it burn and walk off. Yeah, that was. But one day someone will do that. Someone will played, lose it. Like we'll lose I played plot, yeah. and I my when I was like I don't know how old I was. My very first online Survivor game I played way back when, Live Journal days. 
I got voted out and my final words were basically like, fuck you all, like, you know, you... Like, it was enough for me to get invited back for the next season because it was something like a, you know, a villains versus something or other. So, basically, my final words caused such a stir that they're like, well, this guy's like, well, let's, let's get him back. Um, so, like, it actually helped me. So, you know, uh, I'm a bitter guy, Matt. I hold grudges. I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny... <laughs> I'll tell you a, bit, um, a funny story. So, the show The Weakest Link, you know, The Weakest yep. Link. So, they've actually just brought it back with... Uh, is it Magnus Savansky? I noticed that. that. Yeah, yeah, Magnus Savansky. Is that how you're saying that? Yeah. Yep. So, um, but the the old school one, I like the old school one. Oh, Cornelia. The, the, Queen yes. Cornelia. Yeah. So, okay, I used to work Rest in at, peace. I, I used to be a bartender, right? And there used to be this guy that come in. His name was uh, Brett. He was a oh, funny guy. But anyway, he got on the show. So he got on the show, The Weakest Link, and he got voted out second. So he was a second to go. But at the end of at the end of his, when they they get, like, like on Survivor, you get a final words. And he basically, bat, he the, one of the women, women that voted him out um, was a florist. And he, and he had a go at her and said, oh, what do you expect from a florist? You know, I shouldn't know nothing. Like, it was real, you know. So anyway, they had the worst losers edition and he got invited back. So nice. he got a second go, but this time got voted out first. I think he got the, <laughs> he got the question wrong about, uh, they said about uh, a, a cut of, steak that has a um a letter like a, a letter in it. it was like a t-bone, t-bone but he's yeah he said i fill it so he, i mean yeah so and it was t-bone but yeah so he got voted out first in the worst losers edition so and he used wow. to come in every day and it was, it was classic but yeah anyway that was just a funny story so sometimes it take you get a second chance by having a go in all jokes aside about you, Matt, that person that I was talking about, I'm like, how can you not remember Matt? Like, if you name the first boots of the Channel 10 Australian Survivor, like, behind Des, you were the one I remember. Like, it was a yeah. train wreck. So, like, I mean, come on. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, you ben. got called Thanks. out as being a sexist by what's the face Clementine, uh, come on. Like, I, she's yeah. a- you know, I've still never heard of her and I still don't know who she is. But, yeah, so she must I be I think we need to get her on the show when we interview uh, you. I guess, remember when Guest they- co-host Clementine. <laughs> I, mean, I, I still, to this day, do not know who that woman is, so she mustn't be doing too great anyway. Uh, so David, gone, sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, as you said, we will we will have him on next week, and I'm with you. Like, I, I've, I've had many interactions with him over the years. We very nearly got him on the Oz Network several times over the years, and it kind of just it, it never came through. I think in Survivor Oz days, we even nearly got him on back in the day when we'd interviewed Lincoln. I think he was my my go-to person as the next person to get. So it was always a, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And it kind of just, it, we just could never work the scheduling out. So obviously it's a, it's a bit of a, an occasion now and like, I mean, yeah, you talk about these interviews and he's somebody that I've actually, I've only ever texted. I've never had an interaction with him outside of text or email. So uh, never sat down and, and been face-to-face online or in person. So I, I'm thoroughly – and it's, and let's be honest, Matt, it's been a while since we've had an interview on this show. We're, we're due mm. for an interview. And, uh, yeah, we, we hope now that we're kind of at the pointy end we can uh, we can complete the set with some people that we haven't been able to track down. So stay tuned. And I, I've got a feeling it's going to be a bit of a long one. I mean, Katie went for four hours. Shona went for about three and a bit. So I've got a feeling we're going to have a bit there. Because the thing is, David, he's itching to talk about it. Like, he's, he's you know, you, you talk to him and you bring up these memories and he, he likes it. So uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and it's the favorite show. It's, it's his favorite show that he's ever been on. He's been on a few, so a few reality shows, and and Survivor's definitely the one that uh, yeah he, he loves the most. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting chat. One that I, I know not only our listeners are looking forward to, but of course we are. You know, uh, we now, are too. 
just before we close it off, uh, confessionals for this episode, very well spread out. Uh, Imogen and Dave got the most of seven each. Guy only got four. Justin only got three. That's a that's a bit interesting. So uh, a few ones there. Uh, Nicole got four as well. And I just mentioned on the forums, uh, wow, it went off. In 2006, this was a talking point when it came to the Survivor Sucks forum. So some of the comments here, we had, damn it, damn it, damn it. Poor David, he didn't stand a chance once those other two came back. I hope Guy wins now. I didn't really care for him before, but he's the only one I like. Um, we've got here, uh, uh, this was really unfair. They brought back people who had slept and been fed when they did the outcasting in the real survivor. They'd been living it rough and not eating, had they? Um, we've got, uh, I hope that's, oh no, that's where they're bagging at David. Um, yeah, there was, there was a really good one here that I read before. It was basically saying about, like, this is why this season is not... Oh, yeah, this one. That episode really just confirmed how crap this season is. I seriously can't believe that they put two booted contestants back this late in the game, especially ones who have been fed and in comfort since being voted out. And now it looks like these guys could potentially be in the final two. If that is the case, then I won't even watch the finale. The girls were stupid voting out David. They would have owned the game if they stayed in that alliance with him. How dumb can they be? I mean, that's another point we didn't really bring up. Like, I mean, that is a very valid point. Uh, Oh, yeah, and I noticed that Channel 7 spoiled on the commercial once again with who wins the immunity challenge. Channel 7 are just hopeless. Can I just say that this person spelt just J-S-U-T, so your spelling isn't that exactly great either, Starry Chris, but hey, Channel 7 are equally as bad. But, uh, I mean, that's a valid point. The girls could have kept them in, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's more of a conversation for next week because, I mean, it's a valid point because you keep your alliance to the three, you get rid of Guy, you've only got Justin aside there, and maybe he walks. So if you, if you hear somebody saying, because I know Justin said that to Guy, but if you hear somebody saying, if guy goes, I walk. Like, fucking fuck, let's vote guys. Two for the price of one. <laughs> so um, it is a valid point. But, yeah, the forums, if, if people want to sort of check this out, uh, maybe we can link it on our social media. But, God, 2006, they weren't happy about this episode. So a lot of anger. Does anyone talk about uh, Guy Leach's song? No, sadly not. Uh, no, okay. I don't believe that Joel's big one got changed to Guy's big one. Uh, but maybe <laughs> we can uh, we can, we can can change that up there. Uh Obviously, next week, as you said, we're, we're back to an interview. We've got David. Obviously, we've been away for a couple of weeks, uh, but it's good to get back in the swing of things, and hopefully we'll be on the home stretch now, kind of going towards the end of this season. Uh, as we always say, we appreciate support, the feedback, everything along those lines on all the social media channels. If you want to hit us up there, stay up to date. We always post fun things during the week. Just search for Australian Survivor Archives. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Are we on TikTok yet, Matt? Are we Are we there yet? I don't know. Are you on TikTok? Can people remember you from TikTok? <sighs> Mate, I'm not even on Twitter anymore. No, it's uh, let's stay off TikTok, eh? unless unless it's going to help. Unless you've got some funny stuff to do and it's going to get us a few more listeners. Look, I think we start off TikTok. Matt, 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 you've sat with me for 53 of these episodes. Have I ever said anything funny? Like, do do you think I could contribute <laughs> anything to the the glorious world of, of TikTok? Again, as I constantly say, my dad joke, which is hilarious. I still think TikTok is that song by Kesha. So, um, I all those biscuits, those yummy little clicky biscuit things. That do they still have those? TikTok biscuits? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? No? No, no. They are little, they were kind of like a sort of a shortbread with a bit of, um, I guess, icing on it. Like, amazing. Great. Like, like if I wasn't keto, I'd be, I'd be chowing down on some now. But, um, Here's up on all those. Obviously, subscribe to the, the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the good ones, probably some of the bad ones too. And subscribe, leave us some feedback. We would really appreciate to hear from you. Now, Matt, one thing that we haven't worked out, what are we playing out to? 
I was I was thinking a couple of things, either this Johnny Come Lately March song, uh, I, I don't know, maybe Simply the Best by, by Tina Turner, or maybe like the Chubby Checker Let's Do the Twist song because of the twist. I don't know. Like, I mean, there's – there's off. do you have some 2006 song you've been sitting on, like a Holly Valance well, or something like that? So I bring up the Aria chart from 2006 to see if there's anything glaring. Like, I don't know. Like, well, what are we thinking? I, I like the Simply the Best. I mean – that's rather fitting. I didn't even think about that one, but uh, you, you think yeah, we go with a bit of Tina Turner? I think I think that's rather fitting. I really do. I think that's a, a good choice. All right. Well, look, I think in all fairness, it's a good good way of looking at it too. Because again, as I said, we have we've what had about three episodes named after him this season. Four episodes. Will we ever top that? I do not know. Uh, who knows how we're going to be for the Matt Dyson season? You're only on one bloody episode, so I don't think we're going to be naming anything after you, but who knows? So, yeah, Tina Turner, simply the best. If you're a 90s NRL fan, this will bring back some memories for you, but uh, I, I like this song. Tina Turner. What a, what a woman. What a what a woman, Matt. We should get her on the show to talk about Survivor. I'm sure she's a big fan. But uh, we're looking forward next week. David Oldfield. Strap yourselves in. It's going to be a great one to get there and listen to it. In the meantime, my name is Ben, and I need to go find someone who actually knows who this guy is because I'm looking at him and I don't even know. <laughs> but who are you again? Who, who are you again? <laughs> my name's Matt Dyson, and uh, David Oldfield, mate, it's been a pleasure, and you really are simply the best. You're simply the best. Oh, I think there are some things happening that the others have not necessarily taken into account at this point in time. There's clearly some sort of twist because there's too few of us and there's too many days. So if we do have a situation where there are any, whether I call them intruders, newcomers, I have now two people in a threesome with me that uh, is a strong alliance and they both now completely trust me. Well, I wonder what the survivor god has in order for us today, in store for us, I should say. Yeah, it could be very interesting. Survivors, welcome to the Banyan Tree. So right now would be a pretty good time for you to assess your conduct in this game so far because the past is about to come back and haunt you. Please welcome your former tribe members, Adjuri, Justin Melvey, Elton Flatley, Gabrielle Richens and Guy Leach. You guys will be competing for a second chance to rejoin the tribe and to rejoin the game, a game which you can still win. This is the way it's got to be. Bring it on. Guy. Justin. Back in the tribe. You're back in the game. Tanner tribe, back up to five. Say hi to your new tribe members. I think we're definitely here to mix things up a bit. It's no secret. Let's just fight. May the best man win. May the best woman win. And let's go for it. Having Justin walk back into the camp was a strange situation, definitely for Nick and I after his betrayals of the past. Justin has really hurt me and also Nick, and I feel very protective of her right now. So how's the fire going? Been doing low like key back in town. Let us know what you need. We're back. Let us know, let us know what the program is. I'm looking forward to hearing hearing some stories. So we're not going to have much time to talk. 
between now and tomorrow. Right now, I do not have an issue with either one of you whatsoever. I feel that it would be nice for you to return the favour and back us because we did back you and we actually genuinely meant it from the beginning. Yeah, I'm sorry that I was confident with that. I am hoping that Justin will believe that, um, you know, all is forgiven and forgotten and, you know, we can work as a team again. But I can say from my point of view, no, we haven't forgiven and we haven't forgotten. I think the girls are freaking out. I never actually like to have to trust people because inevitably you get back down. I'm too It's a difficult thing to be forced into a position of trust. I've told you. If they died, I'll tell you what I want. Mm. I'm having that bullshit. Better get back to my cooking. The first part of our challenge I call lovely grub. The good news is it involves food, a local delicacy, in fact. The bad news is it's live worms. Ah! Now, these little chaps are called ofters. They are a local delicacy. I will give you a tip. The locals told me this. You are allowed to bite their heads off because they've got fangs, not good to eat, a bit crunchy. So bite the head off, spit it out, the rest just slides down. Lovely. No? Done. Are we ready? Let us know where the head is, will you? Well... It's the thick end that's moving, mate. The head's the ugly bit. Careful, careful, careful. Can't lose it. Brings it home. Slowly, slowly, catch your monkey. That's a motto. Doing my freaking head in. I can't be around a snake. Yeah. And I was not going to... I was not going to let them get rid of you. I, I told him straight out. I, I told him to I told Nick straight out. You guys get rid of Guy, I'm out of here. Guy should be most nervous going to tribal council tonight. Um, hopefully I won't be wrong about that and finish up out on my ear myself, but it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to remove me from the game at this time. David, the tribe has spoken. Go! Minute down, still no one's found a key. David seems to be looking for divine intervention.